0: What's up everyone? Welcome to Game Face, episode 368 on Sifted Games. At Sifted.net, I'm Shane Satterfield, the founder of Sifted, and the host of the next couple hours of awesome video game discussion alongside my partner in crime. Matthew Kyle. What's up, Matt? Not much. What? How's the, thanks, the post Thanksgiving hangover? Oh, I don't really get one of those. because <laughs> yeah, I don't really. I don't either, yeah. honestly. Did you have a good Thanksgiving? It was fine. Yeah. I was here and I
1: baked and then went to movie nights the next couple days and brought desserts to them. Oh. So. Did you make the desserts? Yeah. What'd you make? I made uh, uh, butterscotch and chocolate chip uh, honey graham cookies. Matt sounds and, really good. Um, <laughs> I love butterscotch. And chocolate mousse cheesecake. Oh, that sounds good, too.
0: You got any leftovers?
1: Uh, actually, I'm going to make you take the rest of the cheesecake.
0: Nice. <laughs> awesome. Because I've had
1: enough. At this point. <laughs> You've reached the breaking point. And it's only going to last d- another day or two.
0: So. Yeah. Matt and I, behind the scenes, actually, we share confections with each other all the time. Like my wife will make cookies or muffins or whatever. I'll bring them over to him. And then sometimes he offloads stuff on me. It's a nice little symbiotic relationship. we got. Because go. I am definitely not sick of that cheesecake. Mm-hmm. I will be happy to eat it and provide a review for it in exchange for uh, your, uh, your hospitality. So I uh, hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving and you had a great week. It, I did not spend it with my family, but I did make an awesome dinner. I went and got myself a nice fillet steak at the store that I made myself, and I made a bunch of side dishes. I had a great Thanksgiving, watched football, relaxed. In fact, it was very nice to have a couple days off. Uh, Thursday and Friday, I had off from sifted. Um, it was nice to have a couple days during the week off for the first time in a really, really long time. Uh, but I hope you guys had a great Thanksgiving full of awesome food, awesome friends, awesome family, awesome football, if you're into that kind of thing. I should also mention the Steelers won yet again. <laughs> they now have seven wins on the season, Eric Cartmenez. They are two wins away from me winning the bet. Um, I think they have six games left or something. They need to win like two games and six. Which could come down to the, the very last game still. Um, but I'm feeling pretty good at this point. I only need two more wins from the Steelers to win that bet with Eric Cartmanes. menez um, But again, they could go on like a four-game losing streak, and I would not be surprised at all. So we'll see how it goes. As of right now, I'm okay. Uh, hopefully you guys, again, had a great Thanksgiving. You got, enjoyed yourself, the time off with family and friends. I realize a lot of you guys are in Europe. And do they even have like any? Any semblance of a similarity to Thanksgiving in Europe? I don't think they do, do they?
1: Um, I guess, I don't know. I'm sure there's, like, harvest festivals of some kind. Maybe, yeah. Rustic
0: fall, whatever.
1: Oktoberfest is not super different, I guess. Yeah, that's actually a good point. That's all it is, is a harvest
0: festival. Yeah, just celebrate the fall, basically. That's all it is. Uh, But anyway, hopefully everybody, all our uh, American sifters, got to enjoy a nice Thanksgiving and some time off. And now we've got this little buffer zone in between Thanksgiving and Christmas where we're finishing out the year. Um, And then we'll be off for the holidays as well. A couple things to mention. We do only have like two or three episodes left of Game Face for 2023 before we turn the page on 2024. We have this week's show, we have next week's show. we got a a couple big games, actually, next week's show, which is kind of surprising. And then we may have one more episode before our game of the year. It'll depend on if we have content, obviously. Mm -hmm. Um, It was tough to put a show together this week. Uh, If you're on Sifted and you use Sifted and you check out a lot of the podcasts that we curate, you can see over the last week, either they didn't publish episodes or if you look at the topics, they've been like, oh, okay. Because it's been a slow release week. Mm. Um, this is kind of this, like I said, when November started, the end of November was completely bare, and they really front loaded a lot of the games in the first couple weeks of the month. And then we have a couple novelties uh, in December some bigger ish games that are coming out. We have uh, Avatar from Ubisoft coming out. Uh, we have Dragon Quest Monsters coming out, the Switch exclusive. And then that's pretty much it for 2023 as far as big to semi big games. Uh, So we'll see if we can squeeze another episode of Game Face in there before we do our Game of the Year end of year uh, celebration that we always do here on Sifted. Uh, We'll see how it goes. But bottom line is we only have a few episodes left of 2023. And what an amazing year it has been. That's all I can say. It has been an absolutely incredible year of video game releases and other stuff as well. Um, How are you feeling, Matt, as uh, the holidays are approaching? Fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you have any plans yet for Christmas? uh the usual we'll see i got my flights home Uh, my flight leaves on the 18th Uh, so guaranteed nothing's going to be happening with us from the 18th forward at least as far as game face is concerned Um, i will pre-produce a bunch of pactor factor episodes a bunch of ask shane anything episodes and those will be going through our channels while i'm gone after the 18th Uh, but the game face will be off from that point until like there's two more
1: episodes so there's two more, is that it? Yeah, the 5th and the 12th are the remaining Tuesdays.
0: Well, if you remember, a lot of times we do our Game of the Year on like a Saturday mm. instead of like on our normal Game Face. <clears throat> so it'll depend. Like if we can do another episode of Game Face, there's content to do an episode, we will. We will squeeze another one in, and then we'll do our Game of the Year on a Saturday. Um, if we can't, then we'll probably just do our Game of the Year end of the Year episode um, on our Tuesday as normal. As I always say, follow Sifted on Twitter at Sifted Games, um, or obviously you should use Sifted at Sifted.net. Because
1: um, the 12th is the Tuesday after Game Awards. Yeah. So that will be...
0: Yeah, I fly, out the, I fly out the following Monday. Yeah. So there is a chance we could maybe do it the Saturday before I leave on Monday, the Game of the Year stuff. Again, it's going to depend on if there's enough content to do another episode of Game Face. Mm. I really don't think there's going to be, but we'll see. Something could happen. You never know. Um, and where does the... I guess the Game Awards will fall into... And that would as usual will fall into that last episode as i said the 12th is the show after the game awards yeah because the seventh and the show after uh avatar yeah because the, the game awards are next thursday mm-hmm. and then we would have it in the show the following tuesday and that would probably be the last mm-hmm. episode so yeah same stuff we deal with pretty much every year as we wrap things up here at Sifted. And I just want to thank all you guys, no matter how you decided to support us, whether it's with money or with reviewing the show or any of the other stuff that you guys can do. We appreciate all of it. Um, if you are new and you are checking out the show for the first time and you want to support us, or maybe you've just been sitting on the sidelines for a long time, head to patreon.com sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. If you pledge $4 or more per month, you get all our content early. You get Game Face four days early. Pactor Factor a week early. That's the best way to support us if you want to. Um, With that, I think it's time for us to get on with our housekeeping. Um, Not a lot of big stories this week. And you will notice we do have a new lower third for the holiday season. Um, We have a QR code that will lead you to our donation page. Um, If you want to buy us a beer for the holidays, a lot of people watch Game Phase all year on YouTube. And then they'll reach out to me over the next few weeks and say, Hey, like, I don't want to be involved with Patreon. I don't want to subscribe anywhere, but I want to help you guys because I love the show. And they'll just give us like a donation, a big chunk of money to thank us for the whole year of episodes. This is your time to do that. That QR code that's on the... Uh screen right now if you just scan that with your camera on your phone it will take you to sifted.net slash donate and there you can just plunk in any amount of money that you want and you can pay with your credit card in like 130 countries you can pay with paypal or whatever Uh, so if you're someone who's like i don't really want to deal with patreon but i want to thank the people who have been giving me great content this year that's a great way to do it uh and again that uh, qr code will remain in our lower thirds until the end of the year to make it easy for you guys if you want to help us out. We'd appreciate it very, very much. Um, and again, you can just, play, you just give us a dollar if you want to. Um, or five, ten bucks if you just want to buy us a beer for the holidays. Whatever you want. We appreciate all of it. Um, and with that, let me put my glasses on so I can read my notes. And let's get ready for housekeeping. We're going to kick things off with Insomniac um insomniac obviously just wrapped up marvel spider-man 2 an amazing game definitely a game of the year contender which we'll be getting into here over the next couple weeks here on sifted with our game of the year awards um but a big project that took them quite a while to complete they did an amazing job on it very clean code for a game that's that big and that intricate and that Mm. intertwining in fact i think i had maybe one bug the whole time i played that game yeah not much despite what the internet would have you believe right well again i think a lot of times the internet is a bunch of fanboys so
1: it's very interesting i it it does seem to have heated up a bit now that the xbox has some exclusives to talk about or like anyone who was going on about how buggy or terrible spider-man 2 was you look at their timeline and it's all it's like (laughs) weird xbox i'm like what what is this yeah it still exists yeah it's like (laughs) It's, like, weird and cultish and focused on, like, weird corporate shit. And you're like, I know you don't have anything to really play, but, like, <laughs> this is odd, you know? Well, I'll say one thing. I, even as someone who put 140 hours in a Starfield, I'm like, <laughs> you guys are way too a Starfield. Yay! Yeah.
0: Like, i <laughs> like, find another
1: game. Like, really not willing to admit that there's some shortcomings there. Yeah. Well, <laughs> nothing is more space travel-y than fast travel. Yeah, like, it, it just bizarre. And it was like without any exceptions. It was yeah. just like like some guys bashing Spider Man 2, Look at their timeline. Xbox, they're an Xbox person.
0: <laughs> like, it's, it's like really. It's old as time at the the console wars. And I have to I hate to admit it. We are going to fan the console wars a little bit on today's episode, not intentionally, but I think one of our topics just inherently will kind of do that. Um, But you're right, like there is a revival of the console wars going on right now because Microsoft actually has something to like stand up for at this point, I guess. So it'll be interesting to watch and see how that plays out, but anyway, Back to the story, Um, so Insomniac just wrapped up Marvel's Spider-Man 2, objectively a great game. I don't care what the fanboys say. And now everyone is turning their attention to their next game, and their next game is Marvel's Wolverine. At least we think it's their next game, they have two teams, so they could the other team
1: might either be working on Wolverine or the other team might be doing something we don't know about for the last couple of years.
0: Yeah. I think most people think it's going to be Marvel's Wolverine. So, people have started asking Insomniac when they think this game might be completed, and unfortunately, we got that answer this week and Insomniac is saying right now it's not coming until 2025. It's actually a year sooner than I expected. Yeah, you're right, actually. I kind of thought it, I I had no illusions that it was going to come out next year. Like none. That was always ridiculous. Yeah. But apparently a lot of people thought that that might be the case, Matt, and are very disappointed to find that this is still two years away. Do you think that this is going to be built with the same framework as Spider-Man and it'll be like an open world Wolverine game? Uh, That would be my guess. Um, Although I have to
1: admit, like, Wolverine does not lend himself to traversal quite the same way.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, so I could, I could. He see can it. jump pretty high. He can't uh, jump as high as like a skyscraper, though. He
1: no. I mean, he, su- he he does have some super strength due to being able to lift his skeleton, but he can't really jump or run that fast. He weighs three hundred pounds. Oh, that's right, because of his um, titanium,
0: adamantium. Yeah, sorry,
1: like the. Hmm. Like, I don't know. Like, he'd, he'd have his motorcycle, probably, more than yeah. anything else. Um, I could see them doing something
0: more of a Ratchet & Clank structure with it, or it's like, areas. That seems to make more sense place place. for this IP. Mm-hmm. Not that I wouldn't want to see a Wolverine open-world game. No, but, like,
1: it just feels like... I, I don't know how you'd make that. You'd, you'd inevitably draw comparisons to
0: Spider-Man, and it's never going to live up to that. There I mean, was that he, one Wolverine game that was kind of, like, pseudo-open-world. What was that called? It was actually pretty good. Well, the Wolverine Origins one—is that what it was? It was by Activision, I think. Yeah, it was the one that Raven made. Yeah, yeah, that
1: was that was an open world. It was it was God of War.
0: Yeah, it's, like I said, pseudo open world. Well, no, that was cl- it was like classic God of War. Oh, uh, Was it? Yeah. I thought there was kind of like open city areas yeah. in that game. No, I'm remembering that was, wrong. That was a pretty linear game. That was okay. a very linear game.
1: Yeah, it was very good. It was
0: better than I thought it was going to be. because
1: the movie it was a, it was the movie tie in, mm-hmm. but then the movie got delayed a year, so Raven right. had, Raven had a year to polish it, and it that actually turned out to be one of the dip. best superhero <laughs> games ever made. <laughs> Funny
0: how that works.
1: <laughs> actually, and goes- they were allowed to make it like M rated, right? Which the movie wasn't yeah in the end the movie which from seems
0: a, insane well, it was that gonna, there would be a- <laughs>
1: well it was gonna be an R and then they, yeah. they chickened out and made it a PG-13 but it was too late to change the game because mm-hmm. they'd already given you know, like, N- no, so you we can't. got
0: what we wanted in the game
1: yeah and they tried <laughs> they tried to change it they tried to make Raven change it Raven's like that's not how anything works it's too late so yeah. if you want us to delay it another year we can do that but otherwise like no it's it's a it's mm-hmm. an M mm-hmm. rated violent game and it was great it was really so, good yeah pleasantly
0: surprised by that game yeah
1: um so, that, so in this case, uh, Insomniac is actually kind of tackling uh, an, an interesting predecessor there. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I know people love certain Spider-Man games and such, and there have been good ones here and there, and there's that weird reputation that Spider-Man 2 has from right. uh, the, the 2004 one. You go back and actually play um, it now. You, yeah, you go back and play those Mysterio <laughs> levels and tell me that game isn't trash. Hey, Come on. Yeah. That's a terrible game with a really interesting traversal system.
0: It's just, like, it's just like Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. For its time, it was amazing. You go back and play mm-hmm. it now, it's like, yikes. Yeah, <laughs> and there's still some cool stuff. But I,
1: I, but I would say that um, for me, for my money, the best Spider-Man game pre-Insomniac is Web of Shadows. Mm. Um, that's the perfect balance of realistic you know, Spider-Man 2 versus like, you know, shortcut arcadey web swinging uh, plus an open world. And it even ends with the kind of the symbios taking over the city, same as in uh, the Insomniac one. Except uh, the Insomniac one keeps its frame rate up. Where right. Very famously, Web of Shadows. They didn't. We didn't really have time to optimize that last act. Yeah. And it it ran at like 15 FPS on at times on PS3. Yeah. Um. But it was uh. That's a good one. It's a shame that Activision shut down Shabe Games and didn't give them another shot. Because now Microsoft I, would own it. Because I think that second. <laughs> uh, I think that their second shot at that would have been a really good game. Probably. Uh, let's check in with our chat for the first time and see what they're saying about this. I ran into the guy who, who the founder of Shaba
0: Games, at one of Pactor's parties once, and he's still mad about that, mm. as he should be. People are talking about how they've discovered that you know a bunch of Venom stuff was cut Mm -hmm. out of the game, which makes sense because I was like, one of my reactions to the to the
1: game overall was like, it's weird that you hired Tony Todd to be Venom and he barely says anything. Yeah, well, apparently he did, and they just cut it out, which is uh, on the other because on the other hand, I was like, well, Kojima hired um, what's his name, Uh, Kiefer Sutherland, and barely had him say anything, so maybe that's just you know how it rolls, but it was just weird that. You get that talent and you don't use it.
0: Yeah. Um, let's see. Uh, Toast nine reminds us that the trailer said 2023 for Wolverine, so maybe that's why people are like, "Well, hey, like, I don't remember that." Honestly, I don't remember ever having a year. I mean, we just showed the trailer a bunch of times. I didn't see it in there, but we cut when we run B-roll, we yeah. cut out a lot of the BS off the front and the end of trailers, so it may have been there. I don't remember that though, honestly. No, I don't remember a year ever being attached to Wolverine. Vincent also reminds us if it's the Rift Apart team, it would take probably four years to build the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then, I mean they've been working on it in pre-pro for a while now, but well, yeah. But
1: the Rift Apart team is not the Spider-Man team. Yeah, so they might have. You when know, was Rift Apart done.
0: Yeah, and Silkshake reminds us that Wolverine will probably have his bike if it were an open-world game. Uh, mice Q says three hundred pounds and a nine hundred ninety-pound body. Yeah, I mean That's if that truth. he's 5'3 is
1: he five three? Yeah,
0: like officially in canon, he's five in, in, in the comics, he's five
1: foot three. I didn't know that. Um, also, uh, I learned. I remember. I, I knew it, but I'd forgotten it, and I was reminded of it. Um, the rest of the X Men learn his name is Logan, which it isn't actually Logan. But they, originally, they learn his name is Logan almost four years after he's introduced, the team is introduced, and except the reader learns his, his real name, his Logan name, uh, thirty issues before that, because a leprechaun says it. Comics yeah leprechauns
0: yep Um, clay UK garage 1988 some QR code apps don't work you just use the photo app in your phone you just have to just like act like you're taking a picture of it it will Mm -hmm. a little link will pop you just tap it it'll take you to the page but he's asking can you go there via the sifted website you can you can just go to sifted.net slash donate and you can be taken to the page as well it's just much easier obviously, with a QR code and so that's why we put it in there Um, let's see if anybody checked in with Erebus Jones thank you for twitch prime see if anybody else did uh mike's q thank you toast nine thank you to capri thank you shane a 28 thank you threadzilla thank you rigor mortis uk Axel f 1986 you guys are all getting in here thanks everybody it's at the end of the month usually this doesn't happen like this um glottis 021 thank you cinetyke thank you don lionheart thank you peter 91 dazzle 369 Rubadub, dub that's a great name thank you uh Pick a Lurvin47, thank you. And I think we've got everybody. All right. Always good checking in with you guys. We'll be back as we go through the housekeeping. But it's time to move on to our next story of housekeeping. Lynn Jeff 99, while you were saying that. Oh, thank you, Jeff Lynn. Awesome dude. Supporter for a long time. Thanks, man. Um, Let's move on to the next topic for housekeeping. Um, (laughs) Remember the television Amico? Tommy Tallarico's little scam that was going on? Um... That Pactor yeah. <laughs> oddly got suckered in by. That was very weird. I also remember
1: H Bomber Guy's two hour uh, expose on it. All right. Well, Pactor got sucked which in. It started as a
0: Roblox sound effect history. Yeah. Very weird. Pactor got sucked in because I was actually there the day that this happened, he was at a convention. And he met with me, and we did like a little pactor thing at the convention. He's like, "Oh, I got to go meet Tommy Talarica. Go to check out this Amico." And at the time, I was like, oh, "Okay." Mm. So he actually got like a in-person demo of the Amico, and that left a big impression on him. But as it turns out, it was pretty much all smoke and mirrors. Like yep. they never they got what fifteen million dollars to like a lot, yeah, and their Kickstarter whatever however the crowdfunding worked and there like a
1: couple of crowdfunding attempts, yeah, and then supposedly some investors, but I don't know what. But nobody really knows how real that was
0: yeah because as it turns out like tommy was lying about basically everything mm-hmm. he was also co- i don't know commiserating with like racists online and like well he said that
1: anyone who didn't who doubted the amico or didn't like the amico was a gaming racist
0: oh that's right but i mean he literally oh, was yeah, interacting sure. with racist people online i mean the grifters end up with they the, always the end up there don't yeah. they yeah. <laughs> It's weird. it's weird It's weird how easy that side of things is is to convince of certain things that aren't real. Mm. I've never even connected those dots, Kyle, but you're right. He as soon as it was like, oh this is a grift now, suddenly he starts talking to different people who might be able to like help him with his grift. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Tommy's reputation right now Maybe is... Maybe the people think
1: Pizzagate is real. Right. Yeah, Might be dumb enough to give me money for this. <laughs> yeah. Is really
0: turning out to be a winning strategy in a number of areas. It is, so. yeah. Um, so Tommy, since April of last year, has not tweeted one time. A little out of character. Which means he probably started some other account and he's got, you know... Oh, He's got a burner a coupl- account now. Oh, there's
1: a couple of threads that I've seen around on Reddit and other places that like are talking about the Amico and talking about the H bomber guy video, and there are a ca- mysterious new accounts that pop up that are. Definitely him. Uh Not surprised. Also, he has a pretty distinct writing style, Uh so you
0: know when you've encountered it. (laughs) Well, everybody just thought the Amico was dead. In fact, the people who had invested in it had, I believe, had just given up and resigned themselves to the idea that they were never... I'm surprised there weren't more lawsuits. I think there still might be a class action lawsuit coming. Um, And a lot of the people, I think, just gave up and were like, oh, it's just never going to happen. We're never going to get our Amico. It's my money just got basically stolen. Well... Here we are in November of 2023, and for the first time since May, Amico updated its website. And it did mention that we're still trying to work on getting that hardware to the people who already paid for it, but the big news is that Amico has now pivoted, Matt. And instead of being a hardware, a console with games that you buy separately and plug into your console and play it like a console, it is now been moved to an app, and here's the thing, Matt. All the games that they were building for Amiko were built on Android. So basically, they're like, we built these Android games. Let's just let people with Android phones run our Android games on their Android phones. There's still no app for iPhones. So there's no iOS app still. They basically are like, we already did the work. Let's just make the money off of these. They're selling the games for $15 a piece. They were originally supposed to be $8 a piece when they pitched or the less. Amico. Or less. Right. They're selling them for $15 a piece, but Matt, here $15 is... $15 for an Intellivision game? Yes. That's crazy. Matt, here is 10, the... 10 20, 20. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Here's the kicker, though, Matt. The kicker is that to play any of the Amico games, you need two Android phones. You need one phone to see the game on to use it for its screen, and you need the other phone to act as the controller for the game. <laughs> Are you kidding me?
1: That's dumb.
0: That th- I mean, it goes beyond like dumb. you can't
1: even make it work with, like, a Bluetooth controller? Apparently not. Amazing. Because
0: they're inept. Amazing. The app is a disaster. It crashes. It doesn't work the way that it's supposed to. Um. <laughs> yep. There's only two games available right now. Out of all... They said there was supposed to be, like, 20 at launch or something mm-hmm. like that. There's two games available on the app. Finally.
1: Digital Cornhole.
0: Yeah. What? A disaster. The Amico has and like this could not more obviously be mock-up Well, it's Astro Smash, is what it is, which was one of the few real hits on a television back. Oh, in the sure, but that's not real. Like, oh, you clearly... think these are all faked? Yeah, well, that's fake. That's clearly yeah. fake. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think Astro Smash might be real though. That I mean... Aster...
1: I mean, that video was not real. You maybe, don't they... think maybe so. it was a real footage of something later,
0: huh? I mean, it's a, such a simple game to build. It's simple, like, but it's too crisp. In the that's amount not, of time it would take you to fake it, you
1: could just make the no, game. It's too, that's <laughs> too crisp. It's too. It's too uh, HD. I mean, it's, it's, it's an Android phone. Bad. Phones can display yeah but, th- yeah but like it's being rendered directly to the to the capture
0: oh i believe That's what that I'm saying. i definitely believe that it's, it's it's not a real thing i mean you can see these games like
1: but most of these games never existed
0: their whole pitch was like oh we're gonna be the console that families can play on we'll, you put it in a living room and you mm-hmm. play locally with four players and they do have kind of these crazy almost like dreamcasts with yeah. the vmu controls like the like the, but are they ever gonna come out now no, why would? They? <laughs> Wait, why would they? I mean, like it's like the earthworm
1: gym thing apparently never existed at all. It was just a mock-up video they made, and it's ne- like work on
0: the game never happened. Wow. We have. I mean, it's been a well over a year since we talked about the Amico. I really thought we never talk about it again because we shouldn't have to talk about it again. It should have just went away. But they're so desperate now. There was so much money invested in this product that, like, I'm yeah, sure the people well, working there are like, they're well, probably so- trying to avoid the class action yeah, lawsuit. It's lawsuits. more like if you put
1: something out it's easier to not lose the class action
0: or is it easier to defend yourself in the class yeah. action. Yeah. Cause you can say, Oh, market conditions and blah, blah, blah. You can make up a bunch of reasons why you didn't deliver exactly what you said you were going to. But this Amico thing has been a disaster from day one. That has never changed. And here we are in tw- the end of 2023 and it, ha- it still hasn't changed. Um, so I'd- hopefully no one in our audience got fooled into supporting this. Um, hopefully Tommy yeah. Talarico. Like, like this Moon Patrol
1: thing? That's a, that's a proof of concept mock-up. That's not an Probably. actual game. Like, that's not a real thing.
0: Yeah. I mean, to be fair. You never saw that again. Uh, you're right. Some of these games we never saw again. To be fair, though, Pactor did play a ton of the games. Mm-hmm. So they did work on a bunch of them. What, which ones? I don't know. But that's another thing that fooled Pactor was like, I played the games and they had like a dozen of them there and I was fiddling around with all of them and it really seemed like, and that was early. Like they had those games ready to go, like way early yeah, in this shark, whole shark cycle. Shark
1: existed. Yeah.
0: What a disaster! Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just no other way to put it. I mean, I can't think of too many products in the gaming industry with more egg on its face than the Amico, the Intellivision Amico, which is a shame.
1: Um, I mean, it reminded me of the Ouya. I mean, although the Ouya came out, yeah, but like you know, it's it's another Ouya. It's another you know Phantom. Yeah. Remember oh, I forgot
0: thing? about the Phantom.
1: Which was the most perfectly named yeah. console ever. Um, Although I did, I played that. What? I did, I did play the Phantom. Oh, you did? I found it in, in like a tiny room in Kensha Hall one time and played a couple things. It, was, it wasn't it was anything specific to the Phantom, it was like other games that were on other things. But uh-huh. It did, it, one of one existed at some point. <laughs> I, I can tell you that firsthand. I mean, God knows what was actually in that box. It might have just been a PlayStation stripped down. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you you got to you got to develop a scent for these things. Like and this thing smelled like a scam from the beginning. We, I mean, like, we were all over it right from the beginning pretty much. Well, especially cuz like like the business model made no sense. The what they were trying to like what they were trying to like target as an audience made no it sense it doesn't exist it's like it's like oh there's no game consoles for families it's, it's like, like are you, it's the switch, are you fucking crazy and if they're just going to play on their phones or their tablets like and it's it's it was kind of like <laughs> i mean it was kind of like perfect cuz tommy's always been such a hater on nintendo uh-huh. like even by my standards right <laughs> i mean this is a man who gave smash brothers melee a 2 out of 10 right and like like sometimes you'd watch electric playground it was just be like what is Going on like, over here,
0: like, like did Nintendo murder your mom? Like
1: that's yeah, <laughs> crazy. I mean, and and like Vic would get caught up in it too sometimes. Right? Uh-huh. Like, like, I think Vic gave like melee like a five, right? Because he, he's like, well, he's, if Tommy's that low. Standing next to Tommy, I can't like, give it a ten.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's really, and amazing. it's like, no, you can, you can, you, you, can, you can, drastically just Like everybody with him. else yeah. did,
0: except for Tommy Tellerico. Like,
1: and it's just like, and look, like, even without Tommy involved, like. This thing doesn't make any. S- I mean, it's no. like if you if you ignore the Switch's existence, I guess yeah. yeah there's a or market there.
0: They figured out though that it's just do it on phones and tablets. Yeah, you don't need the console. There, there is no gap. There. They're Android games. Yeah, they're literally built for mobile. It, it boggles my mind. It took them this long to figure that out. Like, and why
1: you'd want to pay? I mean, it also was not. It wasn't a, I didn't find it a very reasonable price for what it was no. hardware wise. All
0: the R&D they wasted on the console, on the controllers. Did they though? I mean, like, yeah. I mean, they made some
1: mock-ups, but was there R&D involved? I mean, like
0: Yeah, for sure. Sorta?
1: Like I don't know how much they actually spent making the fake thing as opposed to where five million it dollars probably
0: yeah. and then the other nine million went into their pockets probably yeah, i'm sure or, tommy was giving himself a salary of like a million a year or something ridiculous mm-hmm. like yeah anyway stay away from anything that tommy Talarico supports going forward i think that's one thing we've all learned from this amico disaster <laughs> um next up in housekeeping get my nose organized here how do you feel about bayonetta at this point, Matt? Me. After Bayonetta 3, how much did you end up playing of that? An hour. Oh, really? So it didn't really I, hit you? I didn't like Bayonetta 3 at all, really.
1: I did I'm like not a, it. I'm not a huge Bayonetta fan in general in terms of the games. I like the character. I like kind of the aesthetic of it. But I'm not a big character action person. Like, I find those games mostly tedious. Yeah. Um, like, it's like having to learn a fighting game, except you're not fighting anyone except
0: when, the, when you're done with the game you won't use it again yeah, there's no point <laughs> there's to like, it really it's like yeah. it's like look at how crazy the
1: style point who fucking cares yeah. like did i get in through it in two days then i'll I'm never fine. play this again yeah and
0: it won't matter i hear you that I, i've never thought about that just, but you're kind of right it just
1: feels like you're entertaining yourself on a level that the game should probably be taken yeah care that's kind of
0: right? funny actually well as we know kamiya left platinum games a month or two ago mm-hmm. um and we talked about that here on game face as well uh, but he has this little YouTube show that he's been doing every week because he basically has signed a no-compete clause. So to get paid out his severance, he had to sign a non-compete. And I, those are borderline illegal at this point. A lot of countries yeah, that are depends, being— it
1: like, depends. They don't work in California.
0: Yeah. And then I think it might be United States-wide in the not-too-distant future here. Mm-hmm. But anyway, in Japan, they are still legal. And so he signed a non-compete. Which means that he can't work anywhere for like the next year and a half or two years. So he's just doing a little YouTube show to keep busy, basically. And in his latest episode of his show on YouTube, he mentioned that he has not shared his... He has a nine-game plan for the Bayonetta franchise. That's that's an option. Which, let's just do the math, Matt. Because it
1: really feels like you ran out of ideas at two. (laughs) So Well,
0: let's also do the math. Like, that's six more games. Mm-hmm. It took him, what, five years, six years to make Bayonetta 3? Mm-hmm. Dude, he won't, there's, he won't live long enough to make that many Bayonetta games. Well, funny you mention that. What? <laughs> because he's going to take it to the grave. Oh, yeah, exactly. So, as it turns out, he's not shared any of those plans for what he was going to do with Bayonetta for the next six entries before he left Platinum. And he has said mm-hmm. he will never share it with them. And <laughs> per what Matt said, he said he will take those plans to the grave. It's like, is she going to fight big monsters <laughs> from other gonna, planes of reality? Are gonna, right. Or, like,
1: multiple dimensions. In you- skin-tight hair-based clothing. Yeah. Like, I think we can handle it from here, bro. Yeah. Like it's, and also, it's like, everyone's making fun of him and, like, it's, like, comparing him to, like, Yu Suzuki and his Shenmue plan. Like, at least Shenmue was only five games. Right. And they got three of them done.
0: <laughs> well, it's, it's a little... Interesting
1: that you Although know Shenmue is a little more story driven. There's a little more like you know you want to know what Yu Suzuki thinks happened. Yeah. in that regard, whereas this is sort of like really like I mean I guess probably there's lore deep lore in here somewhere if you're a Bayonetta fan, but I'm just like I don't. There's not. I don't really see... <laughs> There's not, Matt. I don't really see where... where I don't know really see where you'd play Bayonetta 9 and be like, wow, we've
0: really come a long way, haven't we? <laughs> I can't say she that She is I'm... not the same character she was in Bayonetta 2, let me tell you. I can't say that I was too disappointed when I learned that there would not be uh, another Bayonetta coming, um, or particularly that he had plans for the... It's like, I wonder what happens in the eighth entry that doesn't happen in the sixth entry of mm-hmm. Bayonetta. Like... So it's been that only he could imagine. Right. That (laughs) the the hubris with him is he's like, nobody else can imagine anything to do with these characters in this setting. It's like, come on, buddy. Like, I don't know. It's uh, I think maybe he's feeling a little more self-important. I I don't remember any real sales numbers coming in for Bayonetta 3 at all, which means they probably weren't that great.
1: Nintendo didn't really talk about that anyway. It
0: does it does actually almost every month it releases things. like life to date mm. um sales numbers for almost all its games it is way more forthcoming than any other publisher with sales of its games and I it's never, easy to do I that never hear any of that go, you, it's on sifted we curate it all the time and in fact i bookmark a lot of those because they're handy resources to have to go back and look at later um, there's a bookmark feature on sifted by the way if you didn't know that little like flag thing that's next to each story if you click it it will save a story to your bookmarks. You can go into your user panel and you can look at all the bookmarks that you've saved. So I bookmark stuff like that. Things like stories that have like all Nintendo sales, all PlayStation sales or whatever. And Nintendo will tell you like almost every month the life to date sales. That's easy to do when your games are selling like hotcakes. And that's <laughs> so mm-hmm. easy to do when it's the Wii U era, <laughs> which and it didn't happen then oddly enough, which was kind of funny. So anyway, you think is done? I hope so. You think Platinum will do it on its own without him? Why? He, he, Kamiya thinks they will. Yeah, yeah. He said as for a fact. He's like, I think they're going to continue it without me. But it doesn't sell.
1: I know. There's got to be better things to do with their time and money.
0: Well, it depends. I think it all depends on whether Nintendo will fund another one. Yeah. If Nintendo won't float the bill to develop Bayonetta Four, Bayonetta Four is not happening. No. They're not going to. PlayStation's not going to fund it. Xbox might actually. But does Nintendo have? A, does Nintendo own that, or is they they're just no, publishing it? They just publish it. They fund the development. They basically pay for most of Usually the development.
1: A, a series that has to jump to a different publisher for every entry is not going to make it to nine. In Usually my, in
0: not, my experience. Yeah, I think it started under Sega. It did. Yep. I think it may come back for one more entry before they put the final nail in the coffin. Um, I did enjoy Bayonetta three. I thought it was pretty good. I don't think it was. Like, five or six years of development, good, but it was I thought it was good. I thought it was one of the better Switch games from that year, for sure. Um, and certainly, one of the few Switch games that is clearly targeted towards older players, which is something Nintendo's been fiddling with since the GameCube era. And with not much success, I would add, every time it tries to make a game, that's a, or publish a game that's a little more mature, it never tends to sell very well. And that's mm-hmm. probably shouldn't be that surprising, considering Nintendo's audience. So... Um, I would say it's 50-50 whether we get another Bayonetta. And I would say it's like 5% whether we get two more Bayonettas. And I think it's 0% that we're going to get nine. Yeah, Does that seem about right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, What else we got here for housekeeping? We got a lot. Lots of little stories this week. Not a lot of big stuff. Um, So we talked last week about how um, some person who used to work at Rockstar posted a blog that basically leaked a whole bunch of stuff about what it was like to work at Rockstar North and to work on Grand Theft Auto 3 and Grand Theft Auto Vice City and, for most people's interest, most importantly, Agent. Mm-hmm. But you remember, I think it was, was the E3 2006 or 2009 where they unveiled Agent. I can't remember. I don't know. I was at that party. I want to say it was 2006. It's, I think it was. And we haven't really heard anything since. So that's why people were very interested to hear what this guy had mm. to say. And basically he just shared some stories about... That's a remark.
1: Usually, usually if you go to a, an E3 party that's centered on a particular game, that game does come out. Usually. usually. Yeah. But Agent had it at its own party.
0: It also had a stage thing yeah, during their never, press conference. And then it just disappeared. Well, this former employee wrote a blog and basically talked about his time working at Rockstar and Rockstar North, working on the two Grand Theft Auto games, but also working on Agent. And he shared a story about how they went overseas. I think they were in the Middle East. And they were taking like photographs to use for the game. And they got basically arrested. And they thought that they had like pornography on their cameras or something. And they had to go to the US consulate in the country to get out. It didn't even really divulge anything about what it's like to work behind the scenes at Rockstar, as far Mm. as like working on the games development, like the creative process, where do the jokes come from? Like who decides whether something is cut? Like none of the secret sauce stuff got out. He basically talked about things that every developer does. Every developer does that. They figure out where the setting is, they send a team there with cameras and they photograph it and they videotape it to make sure that they reference it correctly inside. That's nothing new. But for Rockstar, it was too much, Matt rockstar reached out to this poor guy and said hey like you are ruining our mystique by divulging this information publicly what mystique now i'll say this he he did also talk a little bit about what it was like to work on this game grand how theft auto do, 3 how do they
1: write 20 year old humor right in 2023 <laughs> but that just it's shows amazing. you
0: the hubris that rockstar has and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be honest with you matt like I think maybe some of the the craziest fanboys in the industry are Rockstar fanboys. I mean, they are delusional. They think that Rockstar can do no wrong.
1: It's also weird to me that, like, there's fanboys at all because they haven't put anything out in 10 years.
0: I mean, again, it's flabbergasting. It's like, okay, like, I think anybody can make a great game if you get 11 years to make the game. It's like we talk about this all the time with Sony's first party studios. It's like, yeah, they make money. great games, but they get seven years to make them. Imagine if any studio got seven years to make a game. How good would that game be? And
1: basically unlimited money.
0: Yeah. Like, So, anyway, Rockstar once again showed his hubris. And the ping pong game wasn't very good. The what game? The ping pong Table game. Table tennis, wasn't very Rockstar good. game. Yeah. Oh, well, I got raked over the coals by Rockstar for those reviews, too. Because <laughs> they thought, they think every game that they release is a 10, dude. No matter how they are, I mean, they are crazy. I remember when they called me about Rockstar Table Tennis. We gave it like a six or something or a seven. That's about right. And like, I know that I knew the PR guys and they're calling me. They're like, dude, what is up with the score? I'm like, what do you mean? What is up with the score? It's a table tennis game, but it's the best table tennis game ever made. That doesn't matter okay that <laughs> doesn't matter dude it's not that great of a game period like you have no the bar is so low this for is the t- best cheeto i've ever eaten it's still not a 10 out of 10 in the <laughs> exactly. food realm exactly that's i'm just telling you that's where they come from mm-hmm. like and i've talked before and yet they put out the definitive collection right and i've talked before about how when we review it you know ruins your mystique putting that shit out right right or Max Payne 3, which I've talked about before about how I had to talk to Rockstar's brass after we reviewed that at Game Trailers. We gave that like a seven point something, like almost an eight. And they lost their minds and pulled a quarter of a million dollars worth of advertising from Game Trailers over our review of that game, which is wrong. That is just wrong. But that's Rockstar. They think they can throw their weight around and do whatever they want. A lot of times they bluff. That time they didn't bluff. They're like, you change the review score or we're going to take this money away from you. I told them to F off and they took the money away (laughs) it's just crazy man that stuff should not be happening now to be fair that was 2012 11 years ago but they haven't really released anything since either other than red dead redemption 2 so anyway um just this just gives you a glimpse behind the curtain at what rockstar is really like and i know a lot of people think they're the cool guys in gaming and whatnot they're cutthroat that's pretty much... If I had to use one word to describe Rockstar, having worked with them for 20-some years, that's the word I would use, is cutthroat. That's the first word that comes to mind for me when I think of Rockstar. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, this poor guy... I mean, I, honestly, it may have worked out well for him because he probably got more juice out of it after Rockstar reprimanded him. So he. my guess is he probably already has a bunch of jobs lined up after all this. So I guess he played his cards right and it worked out for him. But once again, it just it's Rockstar showing its ass, which I think is just embarrassing. So um it's like how what's the point of working at rockstar if you can't tell people what you did there to help yourself like move forward in your career Mm -hmm. Uh, it's crazy that they expect their former employees to not talk about the stuff that they worked on how are they supposed to get other jobs so anyway there you go just another glimpse behind the doors at rockstar and the funny part is matt like what he wrote doesn't make rockstar look bad rockstar's reaction to what he Mm -hmm. wrote makes rockstar look bad oh the irony (laughs) yeah, So <laughs> It's crazy. So anyway, um, we should be getting, we're still waiting, by the way, for the Grand Theft Auto 6 stuff. Yeah. Stephen got the blog post they talked about, trailer they didn't say in December, but here we are. We're a couple days away from December, so big news coming soon, I would think, on Grand Theft Auto 6. We'll wait and see. Um, next up, in our housekeeping, unfortunately we can't show you B-roll for this because what I've discovered over the last couple years is that Keeley does not clear the performances and other stuff at the Game Awards on YouTube. Hmm. So the last couple years, we've run B-roll from the Game Awards on the show, and it is hard to cover the Game Awards and talk about it without running B-roll from it. So we're going to have to do it again this year, or for the first time this year. The last couple years, I got lit up. Uh, With like, I had to go back and like re-edit the episode and slap bars over top of everything so YouTube wouldn't pick up on the video. But so anyway, we're not going to show you B-roll of it. But as we said earlier, the game awards are on the way. They're next Thursday, December seventh. Is that right? Yeah. Yep. Um, So they're coming up. We'll have one more show obviously before they happen. But we're starting to get some information. Jeff needs to keep the hype going to keep people interested in it. He did like a big live stream on Sunday for the game awards, and a couple things came out. First of all, the Game Awards are beefing up on-site security. (laughs) We talked about it. Was it last week we talked about the guys that ran on stage? And how it kind of is like this viral thing that's kind of good for the show. It drives eyeballs to the show. Well, Jeff has decided that they don't want that to happen anymore, and they're going to have security near the stage to make sure it doesn't happen. It happened in the Summer Games Fest, too. In Germany, yeah. Yep. Um, and so my my point would be that he needs to beef up his security at all his events, not just the Game Awards. But it does look like that we will have a, a stage barging free edition of the Game Awards this year. or Unless. Unless. Because that's the thing. It does drive eyeballs. Like people are like, oh, there's something happening over there. Like I remember last year. My wife alerted me that something crazy was happening on the Game Awards because she was on Twitter and I was working. Like I was curating all the trailers as they were running. And she comes back and she's like, what just happened? And I'm like, what do you mean? And she's like, some dude just went on stage or something. I'm like, what? Like I wasn't paying attention to like the awards because I was doing other stuff on the site while they would do that. And she came back and was like, it's all over Twitter and something happened or whatever. So it does work. It does drive people to their broadcast because instantly I was like, oh my gosh. And I went back to try to, and of course they had already moved on at that point. But it does drive people to the broadcast, so we'll see. Uh, It's easy to say that right now, but we'll see if Jeff actually has security guards standing up there, making sure that nobody runs up there. Um, And then the final thing, and this is a big deal, actually, that Jeff shared on Sunday, is that they are ditching the whole world premiere thing. Mm. It's gone. It is not going to be in the show any longer. I'm guessing it won't be in his other shows for Gamescom or for Summer Games Fest as well that's a huge moment he has been using that for i mean i used it when i worked at game trailers for like Uh eight seven years we used it over and over again and he's ditching it how do you feel about that
1: i mean i don't feel anything about it it's just i guess he's just tired of it being made fun of you think that's why he did it probably i
0: don't see any reason otherwise my well, one concern I think maybe that was uh, that rose up was that maybe some of the other people who are working with Jeff on the shows don't appreciate that their trailers just get sent out and then everyone else gets like that big world premiere moniker. I don't know. Well, it's either a world premiere or it isn't. Right. Yeah. I mean...
1: I mean that's an objective thing. That's true. So it's, it's, I don't see any reason to change that because of that. No. I, I think he's just tired of people making fun of it. It, it, uh, does, it doesn't get you anything. Because you know?
0: people are already there. Like... Using that in the show isn't going to drag more people to the show. Mm-hmm. Like it's the world premieres that get them there. Once the show happens, you don't need it.
1: Yeah, you don't. You took. You're we're already in the building. Yeah, you're, you're you're fine.
0: Yeah, and we're already watching. Mm-hmm. We've already tuned into the stream or whatever. So a little interesting that he would do that. I mean, I don't think people make fun of it that much. I think most people who make fun of it are pissed off and jealous. Typically, they work at other publications, and Jeff. Gets all the exclusives that they don't get. I think it makes people a little testy. I'm not saying you, obviously. I mean, I see see
1: tons of non-industry people making fun of it. Yeah. Because it's silly. Well... It's just... And it's the same thing before every single one. So, like, if you that's run like a I bunch of ways, of. <laughs> it's, just like, it's just like world premiere, world <laughs> premiere, world premiere, dong, dong. Okay, just say they're all world premieres and then save be done us. With it. I mean, yeah. you take that header off, everything you save what three minutes? Yeah, the whole show. Like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> he also said that the show, like last year, is going to be a little bit shorter than it had been years mm-hmm. prior. That's good. Like, that show needs to be cut down even more to, like, 90 minutes. Like,
1: Yeah, you should probably just run trailers and skip the awards at this point.
0: <laughs> well, I'm not saying we that. All, we all know why we're here. I'm saying they should cut out a lot of the really small world premieres. And nah, just I, have the big stuff. And then have the awards. And you get it done in 90 minutes. And off we go. No,
1: nah, they'll never cut that down. The, the, the purpose of the thing is to show trailers. So. Well,
0: they'll never cut they're it not, down because it's money. They're not called the game adverts for nothing. Well, it's like TV networks. Like, they they have this conundrum with sports where they're like baseball games are too long Mm -hmm. and people don't want to watch baseball because the games drag on. They're three and a half, four hours long. So should we cut the games down and make them shorter? They have like the pitch clock now or whatever. Should we cut the games down and make them shorter? Maybe more people will tune in. However, that gives us less ad inventory to sell. Mm -hmm. And so they could ultimately lose money cutting the games down. It's this, algorithm they need to figure out basically and i think jeff is in that same position he's like me running all these trailers for these crappy games as world premieres it's like is that helping drive people to the show probably not does it make people turn off the show maybe i mean it does get Mm -hmm. a little annoying let's be honest and then you go to a commercial and you're like is this a commercial or is this more world premiere Mm -hmm. it starts to get blurry or whatever and so Jeff has that same question. It's like, do I make the show longer so I can get more sponsors and make more money off the show, but I may lose some viewers? Or should I cut it to the bone, make less money off the sponsors, mm-hmm. but then maybe you can just hell, jack that, up the rate?
1: Yeah, although that, hell, that might be the, I didn't think of that. Maybe the reason they removed the world premiere is so that you can't, it's harder to tell the difference between the premiere trailers and the ads. It's possible, which would be really sad. Like the, the, the people making paying for the commercials are like, we don't like that the world premiere thing is there because it makes it obvious that we're that not we're a commercial.
0: We're not, that could be a trailer yep it's true so anyway some subtle changes coming to the Game Awards for next Thursday night um, but I don't think anything earth shattering he also did say that as far as the number of world premieres it's going to be a little bit lower this year which doesn't he surprise me every at every all year. does he say
1: that every year yeah you know, you, the last two Undersell, years he's always he's
0: had like hey don't get too
1: excited we're going to have a couple big things but it's not going to be you know we're not going to be blowing the doors off everything well
0: he said that for like summer games fest he said that last year for this too did he yeah. I forgot that. So anyway, he
1: is trying to. He has under been cell. managing expectations for some time now.
0: You kind of have to because otherwise you just get murdered on the <laughs> internet because there's just so many young kids that tune in. They just don't understand how things work, yeah. and they're just like, "Ah, oh, there's only 20 premieres," and I only. Well, care I think about it started all.
1: from like the year before where everybody was like thinking. Everybody expected like the Bloodborne remaster and then shadow dropping Elden Ring, right? And the, right. And the title of the new Zelda game, and it's just yeah. like, what do you they think go this crazy, is? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> They're
0: unrealistic in a lot of ways.
1: So anyway, We're talking about like the, the like, it's a big deal if like the new Arc Nova trailer shows up or something. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. There's there's not a lot of mainstream shit here that's gonna reveal itself except maybe I don't know. I mean, Kojima probably. I mean, we'll probably get Death Stranding two in here somewhere, but mm-hmm. if you want to call that. Yeah. Main, I mean it's AAA. I I don't know if it's mainstream
0: it's but, all the publishers uh, doing their own Nintendo Direct style whatever it's yeah. like I mean it's just you're just gonna end stuff. up on
1: the couch like uh, like, over, like run like you've been like run over by a truck full of indie games and pretty you, much you can't tell which one's which anymore yeah
0: yep so anyway just a couple things that are coming up in next week's game awards um, our next story We've been wondering, what is going on with the Prince of Persia, the Sands of Time remake? It was announced, and then it just disappeared. Trying to get information out of Ubisoft about it has been almost impossible. Well, that finally changed this week. Ubisoft said that the game has reached a very important milestone, which means not only is it coming, it also is pretty far into development and production at this point um it should be it's been how many years three i think it has been well, since they since that. we has it since we got this trailer maybe i mean i think it's been in development for longer than that I maybe i think you're right actually maybe five years maybe someone in chat will let us know um but it's been developed for a long time my guess is it was probably stopped for a while and then fans started like getting pissed off about it and they're like oh wait a minute like maybe we should actually make this game or they just looked at their release calendar and it's like we don't have enough games every year anymore. And let's be honest, Ubisoft doesn't. I mean, mm-hmm. it's to the point where it releases like two or three games a year. I don't know how you support that many employees selling. Yeah, it was announced in 2020. So three okay, years so ago. it's been three years at this point. Still, that's a long time. But it was announced in 2020 for a 2021 right. release. Which means, they, which means that they had already been working on it. This, is, this game, by the way, is a great game. Like the original OG, The Sands of Time, great game. It,
1: well, I mean, I I don't think it really holds up much anymore. Have you played um, it?
0: A couple of years ago. Oh, really?
1: Around the time that it was supposed to come out and it didn't. So I went back. What? I mean, it's still
0: it's fine, but like it has all the time manipulation stuff, which still
1: yeah, a lot of games don't do. No, but it's also sort of it, that's all it is. Yeah, you know? like it's 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 that
0: story's okay.
1: It was it was groundbreaking at the time, and it kind of. Opened up some doors as to how to like do some some things that a lot of other games have taken inspiration from. Mm-hmm. I I don't think it really. I mean, I think what they're doing here going to change it up a little bit, make it a little more modern, make it flow a little better. Like that's probably the right the right call. Mm-hmm. Um, and of course, the sequels are terrible.
0: Yeah, but like, yeah, I don't know. We like, also have a new Prince of Persia coming here in the next couple of months. In February, I think it yeah. launches the two and a half D Prince of Persia. I thought it was the end of January. I think it's February. It's soon. It's in the Mm -hmm. next, like, couple months. The first couple months of the next year. So we'll have that. Like, when do you think we're going to play this? My guess is not next year. They'll wait. I don't know. Two Prince of Persia games in the same year. Probably not a smart idea.
1: No, but it's Ubisoft, so.
0: My guess would be maybe, like, a year to the day after the new Prince of Persia launches. So, like, February. Yeah. Of... I mean, it
1: was always supposed to be, like, a Q1 thing. Yeah. Even the announcement in 2020 was, like, early 2021. Yeah. So, they seem to want it in there somewhere.
0: Yeah. And give that'll give you a year to sell the last the new one before you release this remake or whatever. Um, but anyway, it is coming. And I think a lot of us, we just thought that we were never going to see it. And as it turns out this week, it is on the way um, and pretty far into development. My, my guess is Milestone, something like that. That means it might be feature complete, something like that
1: yeah although that would mean like that's a long time to
0: polish something like this it is yeah
1: maybe it needs it yeah
0: it could be uh but anyway prince of persia the sands of time remake is still on the way next up we also got some information about the next call of duty everyone was kind of confused because like we weren't supposed to get a call of duty this year this year's game was supposed to be in 2024 and then 2024 is supposed to be black ops and then But if this game is next year, then Black Ops is gonna be pushed to 2025. Nobody knew what was going on. And so this game comes out, and we've talked about it the last three episodes of Game Face, we don't need to talk about the actual game anymore. Um, But this game comes out, and it is a brand new standalone game with its own campaign and blah, blah, blah. And then people are like, okay, well, that means Treyarch's game is coming next year instead of 2025, and what is that gonna be? We found out this week that it is Black Ops 5 most likely, and that it takes place during the Gulf War in the early 90s. So it will have some kind of antiquated equipment in it, which mm. is, you know, not what Call of Duty has been doing for the last several mm. entries. It's been this near-future setting.
1: Although black, that's, black Ops is usually historical. It always does
0: go back. Yep. Um, how do you feel about a game set during the Gulf War? Oh, I don't care. No. No. That, mm-hmm. it's, it's a, no more it's, likely to play the campaign or not 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 at all yeah um it's a little
1: weird i guess in that like you you're making a campaign in living memory um which has not run out you know i guess vietnam technically was but it probably i guess the difference is that like vietnam veterans probably weren't playing a lot of black ops right whereas i'd imagine gulf war veterans are oh yeah like right um, now. Yeah. yeah. So I'm I'm curious uh, I assume they I don't I'm not maybe assuming is wrong in this. Uh, I mean that's
0: a big question. How are they going to react? I just, want, I just
1: react? wonder how people will react to that because it's like this that's kind of a different thing.
0: Well, the Gulf War, I would also argue in hindsight has become like the latest Vietnam, a war that when it was going on there is people were split on whether we should be there or not. But now that we've had a lot of time to learn about it and reflect on it People are like, we had no business being there, just like Vietnam. Um, most people feel like we shouldn't have been involved in the Gulf War at all, and we went there under flimsy pretenses, just looking for revenge after 9-11, blah, blah, blah. Well, the uh, Gulf War was before 9 Oh, before 9-11, actually. Yeah. We were just trying to secure the We were world. creating the problems that would lead to 9-11, basically, well, with some the, of them. in the Gulf War.
1: So, so A lot of those problems that like, led to 9-11 go back to the early 1900s. Really? That um, far? Oh, yeah. Like, part of that, like, look up why it happened on 9-11. Hmm. that's an important date in iran interesting um but like they, i mean that goes back to like basically the treaty of versailles right and like how yep. they car- you know europeans carved that whole area up and all that and they forced certain groups to live with certain groups that, that they didn't want not to. have ever been living with. yeah i mean that's also the story of africa and a bunch yeah. of things you know if you see a straight line on a map a white guy drew it yep um,
0: <laughs> you're right <laughs>
1: that's but true it's just it's you know but this is like yeah, it, how do you? I'm curious how they're going to, you know, tackle the nuanced idea of like, you know, depicting uh boots on the ground, you know, f- combat in a war that like probably shouldn't have been around. You also got like Gulf War Syndrome, right? Like a lot of the pe- a lot of the U.S. soldiers that came home from this did not come home okay. No, they even didn't. in ways that were different from normally not coming okay home okay from a war. Um, and I wonder, do you address that? Do you do, or do you just go full jingo with it? You
0: know, I don't know. Like it's the setting. Also, you know, if it does in fact take place in the Middle East, that's not an exactly an exciting setting. Like, not exa- exactly exciting setting. And also,
1: the, the, your your opponents, um, not a great look. You yeah. know, If like, you're you're literally just gunning down Muslims at that point,
0: point. and with what's going on right now, I don't foresee what's going on right now to necessarily be settled by. No, a year from now. Um, It's a it's a very it could uh, be a tough.
1: It's it's a (laughs) it's a very flammable premise. I
0: hope they're thinking about it because they may end up having to have no Call of Duty next year instead of
1: this year. Although you know, like maybe they're sitting there thinking, like, well, this will get us back in the they'll get this will get us on CNN. All right, and which means you know, no no such thing as bad
0: publicity. Yeah um yeah i it's, it, to me it's not an exciting setting at all i'm not <laughs> I, I talked about Ash, on ask shane anything like one of the places i have really no interest in ever going as like a tourist is the middle east mm. um and it's the same deal with video games like games set there i mean let's just be honest it's a lot of sand it's a lot of tan mm-hmm. um it's a i think it's a hard setting to make interesting
1: yeah, Visually. There, are, there are interesting places and, and ancient sites and things you can do stuff with but like that wasn't re- they weren't really a huge part of the Gulf War you know mm-hmm. obviously you can do whatever you want It's fiction you yeah know, sure like if you want to have everybody fight at an ancient temple or something like I guess you could um, or have it be like an alternate history version of things mm-hmm. um, yeah it's not uh, you know Fallu- Fallujah is not a fascinating battle it's just a horrible, horrible incident. It's horrible. Yeah. Um, which I guess you can capitalize on in this game, but at all again,
0: <laughs> just saying that you're, sentence. You're makes in the feel living dirty. memory
1: thing again. You know, it's like it's it, for whatever reason, it's a little different when you're doing like World Wars, and it's yeah. like you know, everybody who's involved in them is either dead or in their 80s, right? Um, you know, it, and it's not like, you know, it's not like they don't approach that with respect, but also. Um, you know, people don't really demand as much nuance out of a World War II game.
0: Right. Um, whereas, like... People don't know it as well. Yeah. The conflict in general. I mean, it's time. is just... The memories have faded. A lot of Gen Z don't know really anything about World War II. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Gulf War, obviously, much more recent. And the, I mean, I would argue Gen Z doesn't know anything about the Gulf War either. But maybe like, not. Maybe I mean, a little
1: bit more. I mean, there's not a lot of, you know... Exciting history around the Gulf War. It's just sort of one of those things we did that we don't it just really drag on, anymore. and we're
0: embarrassed by. Yeah. Um, I mean, Gulf War didn't
1: last very long. Really? It was only being I mean, Desert Storm was like thirty days or something. Yeah, like we, we, that's true. That was liberating, yeah, we were in Afghanistan way was, longer. That was liberating Kuwait. Yeah, the war in Afghanistan was a giant. That one really dragged on. Um, that's another one we absolutely should not have been yep. there for. <laughs> yeah, um, funny how that works. But uh, yeah, this was just securing our oil fields essentially. Mm-hmm. Um, and turning Saddam into you know, the real villain of the, the monster of the latter half of the twenty first century. Yep, um, it's always good to
0: have one of those. Well, the good news, at least for me, is it Treyarch's Call of Duty games are my favorites, so I am excited that one of their Call of Duties is coming out next year. But now I am really starting to wonder if that's going to happen yeah, or yeah. not. I so. mean, it
1: won't matter to the multiplayer. Yeah, it's, you know, it's going to be going to be what it is. The campaign, though, like might have you know, you might finally it might finally get one of their no Russian moments again. Except Treyarch isn't the one that did know Russian. No, but the people who didn't know Russian are gone. Right. So uh, that was Infinity
0: Ward under the respawn people. Right. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we'll see what happens. I mean, it could get messy, Matt. If this starts spreading, like, here's the thing, though. They didn't unveil this year's Call of Duty until, like, three weeks before the thing launched. I remember they waited this year. Usually they unveil it around E3 time. They waited until fall to unveil it this time and they may do the same thing with this one because they're like man let's just like slide it under the radar we know our fans are gonna buy it no matter what um i don't know it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out ultimately and it the timing is just bad because you know they plan these way in advance so like seven years ago treyarch is like okay for part five we want to do the gulf war and at that point they're like okay that's fine but now things change in the real world and all of a sudden maybe that's not a great plan but you've already been working on that game for four years and you need it to come out if you're Activision Blizzard or now Microsoft you need it to come out every year It's it could get really messy. So we'll see how it goes but as of right now the next Call of Duty for next year is the new Black Ops game set during the Gulf War in the early 90s. Uh, next up PC players been waiting a long time for something from Starfield, and that is DLSS, and that delivered this week. Matt, did you go back and play it at all? Yeah, I poked at it a little bit. What did
1: you think? It's about the same. Really? Um, I mean, I my my game didn't run badly. It was uh, all it was all pretty smooth. Uh huh. Um, now I can run it um, like at a higher resolution and downsample to to 4K, and it does look sharper. Like it definitely looks better. Okay. Um, but your frame
0: rates are better though, right? Frame rates is still sixty. Oh, okay. So, I
1: mean, my frame rate was always fine.
0: You can't get it up to like one hundred and twenty with DLSS, probably. But I didn't. I don't care. Okay. Really. 60's um, enough, man. Sixty's fine. Yeah. Um, 30's enough. Yeah. I have no problem playing thirty frames per second games as long as they're rock solid thirty. So yeah, it looks it looks good. Um, Did it like, allow you to add any? Effects to it that you weren't able to use before. I mean, your PC um, is such a beast. The like. HDR looks better.
1: Okay, um, just because of the downsampling to some degree, and I think the HDR didn't work quite right at launch mm-hmm. anyway on PC. Um, so yeah, like wandering around the main city and looking at some some planets, like it, it definitely looked better. Um, not like a generational leap or anything, mm-hmm. but it was just like okay, yeah, that's more like what I mean. It looked more like this really. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's good. Uh, I didn't keep playing it. I didn't. The only thing I really played for any length of time this week was a game called "An Arcade Full of Cats." Um, <laughs> that's funny. Which is a hidden hidden object game. Oh, uh, ostensibly by a development team that's all cats. <laughs> what which do you mean? The the, the, the the fiction around the development team is that they're cats oh and like all the all the all if you they're free to play games most of them and then if you buy the DLC for them they, they, the money goes to like shelter cats oh that's great um but they have a bunch of them like the it's like and it go, the arcade one is fun it goes through um different like 80, 85, 90, 95 to the like of different arcades through the they go through time like back oh. to future style with a dot cat and a marty cat. And, um, you have to find cats in each arcade and the arcades are, you know, they're all drawn up with like cat versions of classic arcade games from the correct, the correct era. Yeah. So that's what I played this week. Um, and I did boot up Starfield just to see it. Um, and yeah, it looks, it looks better. Uh, it looks pretty much like it probably should have when it launched, honestly. Um, uh, other than that, I didn't see a huge difference. Well, obviously it's not a content update. It's, Mm -hmm. it's a. Options update. I guess the field
0: of view thing was put in too, but I didn't have a problem with the field of view to begin with. So okay, um, but a noticeable improvement for people with weaker rigs. It probably should be a huge improvement.
1: Probably like it just it performance wise. No, visually it, it, it did make a difference.
0: Okay, um even on your amazing machine that mm. you own. So that's that's good. Um, they had. Users had hacked it into the game like almost right away. It's funny it took Bethesda so long to get it to work. But.
1: Yeah. Well, this one I think this one lets you. It's good enough that you I can run it at 8K and downsample to 4K, and that does make a visual jump. Okay. Of, of, of appreciable amount, which I couldn't really get it to work that way with the the user made version.
0: Okay. And for those who um, don't know, by the way, DLS is like a magic trick, basically where mm. you, it.
1: Or FSM or whatever it is.
0: Yeah, how do you be. even say it in layman's terms? It, it's
1: basically using an algorithm to generate frame frames not legitimately producing through hardware. Yeah, that aren't coming from the actual um, game. Yeah, and, yeah, and that just happens to you know, it's, just, it's good enough that it fools your eye well enough that it feels like you're running at a higher frame rate than you can yeah. run at. Yep. And you're looking... I mean, Cyberpunk... If I turn everything on, all everything up to maximum on Cyberpunk, I get like 55 frames a second on uh on my computer mm-hmm. and then if i turn dlss on i get 120 yep there you go that's like how it's, it works. it's a it's a remarkable leap
0: yep so finally that's a part of starfield on pc although it feels like it may be a day late and a dollar short Though yeah. <laughs> so typically Bethesda's games it are it played for noted,
1: years uh as notes, i am using dlss 3 okay because um, it's the 4000 series card Whereas anything else below that is stuck with two, which is still good, but yep. it's not quite on the level of what three is doing.
0: Sinetai um, also reminds us that the Dark Pictures anthology House of Ashes is set during two thousand three's invasion mm. of Iraq, um, and it was a cool backdrop for the game. Um, it's, it's so zappa. games I mean, don't always stay yeah. away. I mean this. I mean Eternal Darkness took play- had a Gulf War section. That's right. I forgot about that. Yeah. Um, And then Quickster asks, uh, thoughts on Starfield developers responding to negative Steam reviews by basically saying you're wrong? Yeah, so that's the story that came out today is that they're going – the developers of Starfield are going onto Steam and replying to negative reviews. Which
1: is absolutely crazy.
0: It's insane. It's like Like, whack-a-mole. Why would you you do that? You can't do it. It's the same reason, like, back when I did Invisible Walls and we'd have, like, 150,000 people watch the show every week. I didn't even go into the comments because it was pointless. Like, when the first couple of times I tried, I was like, why am I answering this person's question, but I'm ignoring the other, like, 5,000 people who commented on the show? Ultimately, I was just like, I'm just not going to comment at all because I didn't feel right, like, picking and choosing who I was responding to. Like,
1: this just. And it also, as one of my friends online said, it ends with warm regards. And I've never been fully satisfied with any message that ends with warm regards. Total
0: passive aggressive sign off. <laughs> yeah, um, absolutely. It's like, a, it's a, what a waste of time.
1: Yeah. Like, you know what? Instead of writing Steam review responses, maybe you could have gotten that DLSS patch out a couple weeks sooner.
0: Yeah. We also think, too, about all the layoffs that are happening in the games industry. Mm-hmm. Like, Okay, if you are gonna lay and people like, off, those are the people you should probably lay yeah. off. And if you're gonna like, I mean, look. <laughs> people who are going in. Sometimes you get weirdo trolls reviews.
1: in the in the reviews, and like these indie right. developers go in and kind of address them, and Steam does kind of deal with that. Mm-hmm. But Bethesda doesn't need to do no. that. There's no reason it's for crazy. Bethesda to be doing that. Like, <laughs> it's ridiculous. They're too big. Yeah. they're owned by Microsoft. For God, who cares? Yeah, I don't know what they're like. Thinking. It's ridiculous. It's
0: not gonna do anything. All it's doing is now we're talking about you're it. Throwing a thimble of water podcast. Yeah, you're
1: throwing a thimble full of water in a house fire. Yeah,
0: exactly, been... and they're going to talk about it on all the other podcasts because now Bethesda looks like an idiot. Like this is on the internet yeah. 101
1: it'd be one thing if it was like a, about this issue or this uh, maybe this person yeah but you're literally saying like hey the boring is intentional yeah. and you should be excited about the boring, the boring yeah i mean that's what's happening this is like i mean i mean i get what they're saying like you need negative space to highlight the you know you can't have yeah. light without the dark kind of yeah. thing
0: and they're right like it's you need makes, valleys to appreciate the peaks
1: it makes it more interesting when you get to a planet with a lot going on which is true However, like people aren't really referring to that so much as I think the fact that if you've seen one mining facility, you've literally seen them all because there's only one configuration yeah. for them. Why aren't there like six? I don't know. Why aren't there like ten? Yeah. How how come I can't find a mining facility and not know which one I'm gonna get? I yeah. mean the fucking corpses are in the same place.
0: I know, it's really
1: So yeah, don't give me that warm regard <laughs> shit. Give me some fucking corpses in a different stairwell. How about that?
0: <laughs> yep. So anyway, that's the latest on Starfield. Next up last week's episode well we shared that they had announced the last of us part two remastered and we wondered whether a game like that really needs to be remastered because the game already looks good enough um, and we didn't have a lot of details on exactly what was going to be in the package but we do now in fact we have pretty much all the details uh naughty dog posted a blog post this week that went over pretty much everything that will be in the last of us part two remastered um it will include a trio of Lost Levels, which feature playable sequences previously cut from the game. The Lost Levels let, let you explore early development versions of three new levels not seen in the original, including Sewers, Jackson Party, and Boar Hunt. Um, there's also, they've recorded hours of develop, new brand new developer commentary that you'll be able to play or be able to listen to as you play the game if you want to. Um, and they also released more information on the roguelike survival mode that's called No Return. Basically, how it works is you survive as long as you can in each run, and then as you choose your path through a series of randomized encounters, you you end up coming up against different foes in memorable locations throughout from through the through the campaign, and then ultimately each run ends in a boss battle where they pull one of the bosses from the main campaign, which is pretty sweet. Um, there are also unique gameplay modifiers that offer new and unexpected challenges you as you fight through the the different waves. Um, there's a host of different encounter types that you can select. You can play as a variety of different characters, including uh, never, bo- never before playable characters like Dina, Jesse, Lev, Tommy, and others. Um, each character in the game has their own unique traits to offer and allow- allows you to play the game in different ways depending on the play style that you kind of prefer. Um, you can also unlock skins for each character as you progress through the mode. And then a final technical note is that the game will feature enhanced graphics, obviously, including native 4K output in fidelity mode and 1440p upscaled to 4K in performance mode. Are you surprised that, like... I don't know. It seems like this game is a PS4 game running on PS5. I feel like those graphics options should maybe be a little better.
1: Um, I don't know how much better you're going to get on that hardware. They were yeah. pushing things pretty hard. I mean, something that runs, you know at that level you know at that frame rate on both you know assuming the do they have a frame rate for fidelity i didn't say so i'm guessing that's assumption gonna be, i'm guessing it's going to be 60 right yeah which is definitely an improvement from what you know pro, you know the ps4 quality version. was on the ps4 version mm-hmm. so that's good enough for me. plus all that extra stuff is you know that's pretty good for 10 bucks
0: yeah yeah i mean for 10 if you're someone who already owns it you're getting all this for ten dollars Mm-hmm. Now, everybody else have to pay seventy. But if you haven't played The Last of Us yeah. Part Two, I mean, that's a pretty damn good package for now, seventy. No bucks. Return is
1: a cool idea, just in the sense that you know the the one of the you know the, the combat in this game is actually good. It is good. It was good. one of the biggest huge improvements improvement the first over the one. first. Yep. And so having a mode like that that lets you really play around with it is a good idea.
0: Have you ever watched YouTube videos of people playing Last of oh, Us yeah. Part Two, where this like, high level play? Oh, yeah. It's pretty crazy what there's you some, can do yeah, in this there's game.
1: There's some crazy stuff you can do. And sometimes I'm like, I can't. I've never seen that happen when I did that. Like, right. It's like that guy flew backwards in a way that I've never seen someone fly backwards like that. It's like it feels like some of it's just like. Modding really, or whatever. Not modding, but it's just like they must have done that a lot to get that to that work one out exactly shot. the same the I'm right sure way. I'm sure they do. I'm
0: sure they practice yeah. their run like a hundred like times. Like that
1: one guy who does all the really good GIFs. He came from NeoGAF, I think, oh, really? I can't remember his name now. Um Su- SUNY Legend. That's it. he's he's on Twitter and, and Reddit and does and the posts of and he always does various he did, did Horizon ones, he he does any game that has combat, he does like some cool ass you know, he takes all the HUD off and just like does like some awesome thing where he just manhandles like the hardest boss in the game or whatever, yeah. like cinematically with like moving the camera angle around.
0: And um he did some really good ones for the Last of Us Two. I never saw any of those. Um, This game is ripe for stuff like that, though. Mm-hmm. Even with my non-expert yeah. play, there was tons of moments playing this game where I was like, oh, whoa, yeah. <laughs> like, I can't believe I just did that. That's really fl- flipping
1: awesome. I also keep, for whatever reason, I keep thinking when I see all the, the footage of this game and, and these, the new stuff, I'm just like, all these people should be deaf. Like, they fire guns next to each other's heads all, right. all
0: the time. <laughs> like... Uh, yeah, but to me this is looking like a pretty awesome package um, and if you have not already played this game as Mike's Q mentioned last week like if this doesn't get you off the sideline I don't know what will um, because you're getting way more game than we got when we bought this originally for Playstation 4 um, and as you know if you trust us at all both Matt and I believe this is one of the best games maybe ever so um, certainly one to keep an eye on it comes out what January 19th if I remember correctly from last mm-hmm. week I think that's what it was Uh, so coming out pretty soon Um, and I'm excited to. I'm kind of excited to play it again (laughs) we talked about last Mm. week it's like there's a little bit of an element of dread associated with playing that game if you've experienced it already because it is not an easy game to play due to the subject matter and the things that actually happen inside the game so there you go that's the latest on The Last of Us Part 2 Remastered And then our final story for housekeeping today, Uh, unfortunately, another sad story for games journalism. I don't even know if it even exists anymore, Matt. Is it even an industry anymore? What? Games journalism. Was it ever an industry? I mean, it was, for sure. I mean, it was a remora on the back of an industry. Yeah. But But even that, I don't think that remora even exists anymore. No,
1: it's more of a shrimp.
0: Yeah. (laughs) That's a good way to put it. We got some bad news yesterday. Uh, The company ReadPop, which runs a lot of the conventions that we all go to, they handle packs. They're supposed to revive E3 and a bunch of crap happened and they weren't able to do it and they ended up bailing and the ESA and them are not partners anymore on that. However, they, if you remember, I think it was in 2020, they bought a huge collection of gaming websites. And Matt, it makes sense. If you are running conventions and you also own a bunch of gaming publications, that's a good match because Mm -hmm. you can give your publications access to stuff that other publications couldn't get. Now, editorially, to me, that is wrong. If I were them, I probably would never do that. However, it is a good match. Like, at the very least, you can give them a little bit of preferential treatment to make sure that they're off on the right foot. So, to me, they were a good match. Well, ReadPop has announced that all those sites that it bought back in 2020— it is now attempting to sell. So here are the sites that are basically on the chopping block at Repop right now. GamesIndustry.biz, Eurogamer, which also includes Digital Foundry, by the way, Rock Paper Shotgun, and VG247. We curate from all of those on Sifted. And I would just say... The other day, I was going through our admin. I was looking at our sources, the actual publications that we pull and stuff from. And over time, like publications fold, they go away, and we stop curating from them. It is insane to see. Because the thing is, is even if they stop publishing, we can't remove them from the site. Because if people go to those links later on, they'll all be broken. So Mm -hmm. we leave them up. And so I started looking through it, and it was like half of the publications that we initially had in our admin to curate content from are gone. And so now we're left with like 12 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And now here's like four or five that are in danger. Well, who are they selling them to? That's the, I don't think they are. They're not going to find any sellers for this mm-hmm. unless they just give it away. And so what do you think is going to happen? They're going to fold and they're going to go away is what I think is probably going to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, gamesindustry.biz which is really the only mostly purely financial site for the games industry i mean games industry biz mostly is just all finance stuff for the most part um you have Eurogamer, which again is a great editorial site for europe but also is digital foundry which handles like the tech side of gaming
1: yeah digital foundry is a little more independent though they have some other funding do they yeah i didn't know that they're not there's not a wholly owned thing it's more of a sponsorship thing as i
0: understand oh it. interesting i so didn't know that they, they might not be super part dead, of that super dead okay on that, if that
1: if that falls apart
0: well chances are they would just start their own youtube channel they probably should do that anyway i mean they already Let's they already honest. did that that's that's kind of where it came from right so they should go back probably to they
1: can, they can probably fall back to that yeah i mean maybe they won't be taking as many trips to see new hardware or whatever people but, still like their content yeah um and then there's and they're, uh, they're a unique one.
0: Yeah. Like they don't really have anyone. There's no one else that would really fill that, nope.
1: that, that gap. Nope. That's a
0: void that would be a void. Yep. Um, and then Rock, Paper, Shotgun, RPS, that's like a PC only, <laughs> but it's a PC only site predominantly. Mm-hmm. Um, their content is, even though they still exist, their content, their output has gone down drastically over the last few years. A lot of these websites have, honestly. Um. So I don't know what's gonna happen to RPS. I saw that they were like trying to hire like a lead editor, and they're trying to pay him like thirty eight thousand dollars. Like, no, that's where you're at. You're gonna need to triple that, yeah, for a full time editor. Yeah, but they won't. I mean, that's the going rate now for like a video editor. Yeah. No, I'm talking about like the editor in chief. Oh, editor in chief. Yes.
1: Mm, you're still gonna need to triple
0: that. <laughs> yeah. But I'm saying that's what they're willing to pay for these jobs now. And That's not a job, then. No, it's basically slave trade. Yeah. At that point, um, so they're not doing well, obviously. If that's what they can afford to pay, like their lead editors, and then VG twenty four seven, I don't know. They've never really done anything that has stood out. I can't. I mean, I know the name. I just yeah. can't
1: asso- I don't associate it with anything. Really. Yeah. <laughs> like,
0: no, they've never really made something. The others I like, can definitely name. I yeah. Definitely associate People with specific or, stuff. Yeah. Or content types that they made. But yeah, VG247 they're just kind of like just another gaming news site. So I don't know, Matt. How long do you think it'll be until there will be no sites left? I mean, I
1: don't I don't think IGN goes away until Ever. until that's until the, the, you close the universe and lock the doors behind you on the way out kind of thing. Yeah. Um IGN will exist as long as there's a game industry. Yeah. Um, I, I I believe that too. Everything else? Mm. We'll see. I mean, GameSpot is going to take a fair amount to to knock down, but
0: like, it's, I don't it's right, it's know, right there on the edge. You can look at their traffic and see mm. it's not good. Well, I mean, it depends. When, I mean, as long
1: as advertisers are in there, it doesn't matter. They can run on a skeleton crew which, like they've pretty much been doing. But
0: you have to sense. have inventory to have advertisers. You have to have video views to run your ads on. You have to have people right. showing up to your website with their eyeballs to look at the ads. like.
1: Right, but if you're if you're a part of a conglomerate like that, a lot of times it's part of a, a group buy. Yeah, so it may they may slip by for a little longer than you might expect. Well, they are owned
0: by a big conglomerate yeah. now, so and that might make a difference for them. Yeah, um, but there you can see. But there's going to come a time when they do their you know their their
1: pruning round and realize that they've got this like little thing over here that nobody nobody's looked at in two years and Mm -hmm. then they're going to cut that and make it look like they're you know being responsible right and And they'll try to streamlining the company yeah. like so there you go
0: the lower it's out it's uh overhead and they'll try to sell it so or just shut it down right there's a point at which you're like well who are you
1: going to sell that to it is crazy to think though that you have that's the problem is like when when who who buys it it. like who buys any of this stuff who wants this i
0: mean for most of these they're just a black hole of losing revenue like I don't know what it would take to turn things around because the kids just don't care. Like Gen Z does not care about websites mm-hmm. at all. Well, it was interesting to
1: see, um, you know, there was a controversy on Twitter this this week with an indie developer who did like a whole long thing about it. The, the, it was a game, uh, it was like a little indie game. I know I, why can't I remember what it was? It, it's like growing spices or plants or it was. it's some weird little season, mm-hmm. you know, something like that. But he was going along about it because it sold like a million copies on Steam. Mm -hmm. So it's a a success. But one of the things he said in his kind of Twitter thread that people lost their spirity. That's right. Thank you, Vincent. Um, It was like a... At one point, he was basically like, I didn't really get any YouTube coverage because I refused to pay the influencers Uh, the influencers for it and I thought I think that's gross I think it's icky and and like some people some people did there were a few videos like you had a screenshot of some Mm -hmm. uh, like Cozy Gamers Club and a couple things that did it just because they were interested Mm -hmm. in it Um, and there was this huge fury in response to that of like how dare you not think that these people should get paid for their work and all this shit and it was weird because like even like places that normally like are pretty even keeled about what the influencer versus payment thing is mm-hmm. like reset era and stuff kind of lost their minds and were like, This guy's an asshole. And he, what he's forced to apologize. And like, What was, it was crazy. And I'm like, Wow, no. it's not, I mean, yeah, if you're <laughs> ad, if he doesn't want to pay for advertising that way, then that's he's, he can conf- he's conf- basically he says it feels too much like paying for an opinion, yeah, or paying for a review, yeah. And what those influencers do is not reviews, they do you know, basically fluff content, they do yeah. fluff, they do PR, right? Yeah, but. Like, and it's weird to not see the Gamergate people come out here with the, all of a sudden, that's the cool.
0: <laughs> Ethics in games right. journalism. <laughs>
1: but it's like that, but it's that thing that was happening back then. where it's like, we believe that all the people who work at real, real review outlets are paid shills, but we trust the opinions of the YouTube people. And <laughs> the YouTube people are the ones that are actually getting paid by the publishers to like the game. Yeah. And it was just—it was like this all over again. And every—and all the YouTube supporters and all the YouTube people freaked out that this guy was saying that he didn't want to pay these guys, and it felt gross. And everyone kind of agreed with him. They're like, like,
0: "How dare dare you not want to pay people to lie to me?" And like, (laughs) well, then
1: it kind of (laughs) like derailed and turned into things like, "Well, he said that he got no YouTube coverage, but there he even had a screenshot of these smaller. And how do they think those smaller YouTube channels felt to be called no coverage?" And I'm like. I'm oh, pretty sure Lord. they knew what he meant yeah. on that one <laughs> that he meant like the big the big boys weren't paying attention yeah. and it, clearly he he saw that he should put a screenshot up of them he he saw it he yeah. saw that you know, but he meant no youtube coverage in the sense that they were not on the front page it was you know you would never see that randomly pop up in the algorithm you saw that if you were a subscriber to those channels already right which is not nothing, yeah. And he basically says, "Now I wonder." Well, if you're the little guy. He said, "Now I wonder." Now, even though we sold a million, now I wonder how much more we would have sold if I had paid for that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, "That's a valid question, yeah." Um, but he's not comfortable with it, and like he got fucking hammered and basically backed all the way down. Like, uh, and it was it was so weird. Like, Matt,
0: people have no idea,
1: no how- value attributed to the reviewers versus
0: YouTube people who get paid to act like they like a thing. Here's the thing, Matt. They have no idea how shit works. Also,
1: is no YouTube the one that's supposed to fucking pay you for that? Not the right.
0: not the Game yeah. Cut Me out. The truth is, they just don't know how stuff works. And they don't think about it either. They're like, I like this person. And that's really all that matters. They don't care what they're, how much experience they have, whether they, they care about their own editorial integrity. They don't care. They mm-hmm. like the personality. And that's all that matters. And they're like, I like this guy. If this guy likes this game, even if he's lying to me about it, I also like this game. Because... I'm his whatever, whatever their little name is mm-hmm. for the fans. Like we have sifters or whatever. Every person has like the name. For, like I'm them, and I'm gonna believe this guy, and I'm gonna buy stuff based upon what. It, it's crazy, but that's what's happening with journals because you have like fake news, fake news. So every there's this like fake news didn't quote the the phrase didn't even exist until like 2016. Mm-hmm. Like, but now everybody well, knows. Not it.
1: Widespread fake news was used pretty widely in 1930s Germany. Oh. <laughs> That's funny where it words. comes from. Yeah. That is not a coincidence. Yeah.
0: Think about it. But it's, it's funny, like, even the people who don't subscribe to the fake news BS, still in the back of their mind, they're like, fake news, fake news. fake It's a thing. And so mm. they're just generally, the trust in real journalists has waned since 2016 because you have large groups of people actively trying to undermine the truth
1: and there's also the the constant misuse of the word shill which drives me nuts for reasons that are mostly probably related to my english degree yeah but it's just like that happens mostly in things like the star wars fandom where they're like oh the disney shills are here to defend i'm like you, you understand that a Disney show would be someone paid right. by Disney yeah. to try to get you to engage with the content, and we mostly just want you to go away. <laughs> That's
0: funny. Kind of
1: the opposite yeah. of, of a show when you think about it. Yeah, But um, that was a weird moment in the past week that I assume didn't get a lot of coverage because nobody wants to touch it. Yeah. Um, but I, it's like, it was just ridiculous. It was It was... I
0: mean, here's what's going to happen
1: the only i mean there's a reason at, best, at some point there's no more game reviews except from these influencer shills channels yeah. <laughs> they are shills yeah they are paid and i'm not saying you can't do paid content and not still have an objective not objective but a but a, a legitimate opinion later like i'm not saying later
0: that in that piece of content you probably can't
1: no but like we i mean we did that we did previews of things that yeah. were paid and then like when the well, review, I mean, when it's but... time for the review to come around you know, we didn't pull punches on it because of that. Yeah. Like, that was part you of the deal. You can't
0: do it right. Yeah.
1: Um, I just don't really think a lot of people in the YouTube space are doing that because you're not dealing with people who are trained in that kind of business. Well, here's the problem, These people Matt. don't have journalism degrees. These people no. don't know what it Dude, means they, to do most that. of them
0: barely graduated high school. Let's be honest, man.
1: Like... <laughs> Here's, here's the thing, though. They it, don't have editorial teams. They don't have someone keeping them in no. check. No.
0: They don't even know what editorial is. They've never even heard the word. Mm-hmm. They, they didn't enter into their minds that taking money from Nintendo to say a Nintendo game is awesome is something that they shouldn't do. That's not even in their minds, Matt. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Meanwhile, I'm just like, I don't care how much money you gave the company I work for. Right. Like, that
1: doesn't mean I had a better time playing the fucking G.I. Joe game. Yeah. You know? Like that. Did, that doesn't make up for the forty hours I had to spend reviewing your bad game. Here's, I'm, st- I'm absolutely going to give you a bad review for
0: that. Here's the problem, Matt. Independent outlets no longer can afford to do the job, mm-hmm. and by doing the job, that means paying for flights and hotels to go and check out games. Sometimes the event is in Europe, and you have to, and it's a ten thousand dollars to fly you and one other person mm-hmm. to Germany and back to go cover a game. Publications can't afford to do that anymore. We never travel ever we don't need to you do not need to travel to really cover this industry anymore you used to have to certainly not from a criticism angle yeah you don't have to do that anymore but that's the problem is like you lose the coverage and you lose the eyeballs if you're not going to these events for these big publications you need that content to keep the eyeballs going and you just can't afford to do it anymore the only people that can afford to do it are the influencers that the publishers are paying to go to the events. They're covering their airfare. They're covering their hotels. They're covering their meals the whole time they're there. Like, you can't do that as a publication anymore, and you can't afford to not do it either. And that's why the publications are going away. It's too expensive to do the job correctly. Mm -hmm. That's the problem. And there's just not enough revenue coming anymore because people don't appreciate real editorial. They don't. They don't care. Like, So, anyway. So, so again, like Silk Snake
1: says, I will stand by getting something for free changes your opinion. Lego has thousands of shills who get free shits, and they rave about how great Lego are. Um, Again, that's them. You can give me whatever you want to give me for free, and it is not going to change my opinion of that object. I will challenge
0: you. Um, I will challenge you to pick out any reviews that I have done on this show in 2023 and tell me whether that review I paid for that game or I was given that game you will never be able to tell ever
1: and I do agree that that is a factor in Lego and I, I I watched some of it but well, I mean, like, how do you review Lego?
0: Right, like it's I mean, you it, like you like it either goes or together or it doesn't. The freaking bricks snap together no matter. Yeah, what, like bricks
1: snap together, and it, it's more about the, the the outcome of how the you know the final model looks like. Does it look good? But it's like that's like Lego's the dumbest the, thing to review. Well, also, Lego's one of the best companies in the world right. in that regard. Mm-hmm. And like, but I mean, and also like, the Lego world does have like a weird thing where it's like, if you're not being positive, then we don't want to deal with you, sort of thing. <laughs> and like, negative reviews are as seen as that. And that is also that is understand. also, by the way, a problem in the board game world. Like oh, this really? relentless positivity thing. And if you're saying, if you give something a negative review, sometimes people will be like, other people might like it, so you're wrong to say bad things about that game. I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, this is so not the world I came up in. In the video, well, I come up, I come from Star Wars and video games. People, all we do is scream about how terrible everything. <laughs> is Um,
0: i mean what a different
1: world you know it is
0: a different world it absolutely is an entirely different world it's a world bereft of editorial integrity it's a world that i honestly don't want to be a part of which was not how video games were what do you mean
1: i mean like i mean like there was a time when video game coverage was more what you're talking about yeah it all Um, was pretty much the people uh, who
0: weren't that way stood out and were like ridiculed right now, um, if you run straight editorial, you're the one that stands out like a sore thumb and people don't want to like watch your content. Right. Well, because you may um, make fun of something I really like. Because the model's gone. <laughs> yeah. I um, can't wait people review Lego set. That is insane. People review everything. I guess if you if you can get YouTube ad revenue, you're gonna mm. review it, I guess. I
1: just don't understand why people would watch. I mean people watch to feel more informed about it. I think I don't really I haven't paid much attention to them because I don't really get Lego anymore unless yeah. it's one of the big Star Wars right. sets um But like it's you know those things are expensive. But are yeah. they going to say like it, it was missing a piece? Like well, no, they're going to talk about how whether the build is too complicated or more complicated because if you're buying it for a kid, I can you see that, that angle. I can. Uh, see You're going to talk about all the features it has once it's built. Like how does it look? Does it hold together? Is it a display piece? Is it a play piece? Is it that okay. kind of thing? um Cause these things are fucking pricey they I mean, are like, expensive even yeah. like the low-end lego sets are like 40 50 bucks yeah, now yeah.
0: i remember when you i have go, to buy i remember when you could go in,
1: when i first started buying star wars legos in the mid 2000s you walk into a store and buy a tie interceptor like this big but i still have one in the hallway mm-hmm. for 1999.
0: yeah you and now can't get 49.99 you know what 1999
1: gets you now in lego nothing like maybe a minifigure pouch for like yeah. nine ninety nine like, or something.
0: I shop for nieces and nephews every holidays, and most of them I spend twenty five to thirty bucks on cause yeah. I have A lot of them, and you can get like these little Legos, yeah, that little put together, which <laughs> used to be five ninety nine. Right. You yeah. know,
1: like and it's like I know there's inflation and all, but yeah. And look, the price per piece on Lego is about the same as it was in the eighties. Like it's, it's really it's maintained pretty common, pretty steady. The whole thing. The other the one thing is most sets have more pieces now right. because people demand a certain level of fidelity out of that final build. Yeah. Um, but also like th- things are just bigger now. Like the, yeah. the, the popular sets are the giant ones. Everyone yeah. wants that fucking Rivendell thing. I have nowhere to put it or I would have gotten it. You know? <laughs> but yeah. like it's just a thing. And also yeah. there's like a huge bootleg that that, well, there's a lot of Lego reviewers that also review uh, bootleg Legos and they're a little more even keeled about those yeah. because they don't get those for free.
0: Yeah. Well, all I can say is if you are someone who does care about editorial integrity and does care about people doing things the right way and not taking money from publishers, we have never taken a penny Mm. from a publisher or a developer ever. Never a penny. And that's all because of you guys, because you guys support us and you allow us to have editorial autonomy. That's a big reason why I did this, because I was like, man, I don't have to deal with the crap I had to deal with the publishers in the past. Keep in mind, Mm. I left game trailers like a month after that crap happened with Rockstar and Max Payne, where they pulled advertising from us for giving an honest opinion about their game. Notice Shane left not too long after that. Hmm. (laughs) Anyway, if you care about honest opinions about games and stuff that isn't influenced by outside anything, you found your home. Game Face sifted. So anyway, it is very discouraging to see this again. I mentioned it like a few months ago. Why is it our industry that is doing this? Like if I had taken a job in news or in sports, it's not this isn't happening now. Granted,
1: I mean, there has been a great shrinkage in news reporting.
0: There is there's um, a, a local on the local level. Yeah, this particularly, which, which is, is where a lot of real bad reporting crap comes happens. From. You're right. Absolutely. You're I, like, I totally hear that. But, like, I mean, you're seeing a little bit of a shift. Like, ESPN just signed on, what's that dude's name? I can't remember. They just signed him to, like, $200 million contract. And his show is like this. Mm Mm-hmm. It's literally like dudes just hanging out, talking about stuff in not really a professional setting, and they just gave the guy like $200 million for his show. So things are shifting a little bit as far as like the content types are concerned, but ESPN still runs like a major publication. It has a gigantic website. It has lots of reporters. It has lots of on-air people. It, for some reason, this has only happened in games. And my guess is, is because most of the clientele for games, a lot of it is younger people who have no clue what the F they're doing. Or what matters, or who they should trust, or who they shouldn't trust. So, it's a shame. There's dozens and dozens of people who are probably going to lose their jobs when ReadPop can't figure out who to sell all this stuff to. And it freaking sucks. So, anyway. Jobs that
1: have no other... Place to go
0: you know? yeah there's no place to go
1: mm-hmm. it's like who's gonna hire them it's like the embracer thing like those those jobs that they're eliminating like there is not other places to go yeah. from there like because those there's are, those are just thousands are of jobs that are going to go up. away
0: period yeah it's crazy all right before we move on with the bulk of the show let's check in with you guys one more time because we've been talking about this for a while um caleb Fruke says younger people have no money i'm not sure what that means pat mcafee mellow pintor that's who i was talking about um, he says he is a huge ass licker, though. <laughs> <laughs> but he, Pat McAfee, is kind of like the influencer. Like, mm-hmm. he will say stuff negative, but for the most part, after he does that, he tries to put a positive spin on it afterwards. And be like, well, you know, that's the one problem, but we could fix it by doing this or whatever. Like, generally, they try to keep everything positive. Um, Kayla Faruqi says, it's the cray Mass Effect. <laughs> Clay UK says... Cra mass will make us forget the horrors of the industry um Cinetype says it's sad about good journalism going away, but to be honest, there's less people consuming it and paying for it
1: That's true it is like people expect like news to just be free online as opposed to people who were willing to subscribe to a paper right. back in the day
0: yeah um Commander Fest says they increased the price of Lego sets around ten dollars last year mm-hmm. yeah um Erebus Jones says. Lego's ridiculously expensive to be fair if somebody who spend a lot of Lego there's a lot that you can comment on if you drop the price of a PS5 on a Lego set yeah. you want to know if it's a boring build okay <laughs> I mean, a boring build, you're just snapping bricks together. How is that more exciting or less it's, exciting?
1: Because there's different ways that they build certain things. And there's sometimes you put something together and you're like, oh, that was a really interesting way they made that happen uh, or make, kind of make the structure sort of come together. Whereas, like, one of the reasons I have not built that Ultimate Collector Series ad at is I know I'm going to have to build four legs. Yeah. And they're all going to be the same leg, just four times. And that's boring. Like, so that, and that, and that set was $700. So if you're really thinking about it, that's going to be a thing where you're like, hey, maybe spend that amount of money on the Millennium Falcon or the Star Destroyer, which are do not have four repetitive sections and would okay. be more fun. If you're only going to get one, maybe you unless you're in love with the AT-AT, which I am. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, maybe you want one that's going to be less of a chore to build like that. There, Believe me, like those, those things take some people. You can take ten hours to put one of those things. It's a length of an actual video game, except it costs ten times as much. Right. It's ridiculous.
0: Well, Supermaster Gamer says the problem is big gaming companies don't need old school media anymore. Yeah, they don't need them because yeah. they can pay off the
1: influencers. Yeah, the influencers you can also get to, you know reach them to reach people directly. Yeah. I mean, I mean, remember that the the model originally came from the game magazines and like that was the way you found out a game existed was seeing the advertisements in those magazines. Unless it was like a big thing like a Nintendo or Sega thing, you had no chance. I mean, that's the only reason I know half of those games from back in the day exist was I remember the ads running in those in those magazines. Yeah. Um, and that just, you know, for a while that kind of existed in, in the online space in the 90s and early 2000s. But eventually, you know, we didn't even we didn't have a lot of video game advertising on our shows, in part because the shows didn't want video game advertising. They wanted credit cards and cars because that's the where the money is in television.
0: Advertising. <laughs> yeah, you're right. One um, well, Super Master Gamer. Thank you for Twitch Prime, by the way. Uh, doll says, if you can't see the negatives in something you like, you don't like You don't like that thing. You just like the idea of that thing. Yeah, you're right. Mm -hmm. Um, A couple other comments up here. Oh, Caleb Faruqi says, confidence in journalism arguably started to decline because of SEO clickbaiting. Yeah, and like listicles and things mm-hmm. like that. I mean, we made yeah, a lot of money at Spike doing lists that would get picked up on Dig or on fark.com. Yeah. That was oh, our that was our secret weapon. That's fark. how we fark.com there's a name I've not heard of. It's still it's time. still there. It's still there, I know. Yeah. But we if we would get something like we would do top 10, like we'd put up like three or four top 10s a day. Mm-hmm. That's I mean, I remember when
1: I was at Tech TV. I think Fark was a lot of people's homepage.
0: Mm -hmm. Like it it was was. like
1: where everybody got their shit.
0: And even back then, like Dig was still big. And if we had we had one guy on Dig who would come to our site and look at our list every day, and he'd pick two of our lists and he'd put them up on Dig, and they would just take off. And our list would do like half a million views in like two days. Mm -hmm. Like, you're right. The the content online and that was one of the questions
1: they'd ask in the G four meetings, like how is game trailers gaming dig so well? And I'm just like, I think it's just that wasn't game trailers. This was Spike content Spike. that we did. Yeah, mm. I yeah. mean they, they they said game trailers to mean all of that. Uh, it was just Spike basically, when they said game trailers in a meeting. The executives at G four just meant Viacom.
0: No, uh, yeah, basically, yeah, we were just that was just Spike.com. Our list was a lot of nuance in that room. Yeah, <laughs> not to shock you, but <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> It's a shame. I feel like we talk about this like once a year because the writing is on the wall again where we just see more of these publications we've been mm-hmm. reading for decades in some cases disappear. Um, and it's hard to watch. It's hard to take. I'll be honest with you. As somebody who went to school to do this and went to college to do this, watching your industry mm-hmm. just completely dissolve in front of your own eyes, it's hard to take. Um, Corey Film, thank you for Twitch Prime as well. sliding in there. Uh, Rev. 3 games. Yep. Yeah brief. With Adam. With yeah. Adam. They did pretty good stuff, though. Stuff. Adam cares about editorial integrity. Yeah. He cares. I did some stuff with them. That's the people you need to support are the people I did who the, care about
1: it. I did their Dark Souls 2 review. Oh, really? Because he was like, I can't do this. Do yeah, I don't do, do it. it. <laughs> and,
0: I'm like,
1: oh, yeah. and I wasn't sure because Dark Souls 2, as you recall, is the one that finally clicked for me. And right. it, was, it was like 20-some hours into the game and I was sitting there at this one part I'd been at for like a whole day and I was like, I can't do this. Yeah. I can't get through this thing. I can't make it through this game. And finally something Happened, Snapped. and yeah. it just it all worked after that, and I was like, "Oh yeah, it's only that. because Adam forced you to play." Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> Adam's the reason I'm I'm a Dark Souls person yeah. now because of that. Because I don't think I would have gotten that far. I would have given up before then. Yeah, if, if I if I didn't have to do it for a job. Yeah. I still only gave it a four out of five. Because like, <laughs> the fucking hitboxes were terrible. Like, <laughs> Not the hitboxes. Like, it was the bosses that rotated on nothing. Yeah. You remember that? Remember yeah, when yeah. it launched? Yeah. And like, it would, like, you'd be like trying to dodge, and they would just like turn on this fulcrum instantly It's and just like you. sprites and and old 2D that in old 2 games. And they fix it in a patch, because it wasn't yeah. supposed to be like that. But I'm just like, I'm
0: going to kill somebody on it. Well, it's like those PlayStation 1 games where you'd stop, and you'd look at a tree... And you'd move around the tree, and the tree would move right. with you and follow you around. It was around. like that, except the tree is trying to hit you with a
1: club. Right. Yeah. That first boss, yeah. that first boss still kind of has some trouble with that. Oh, really? To this day. Wow. But back then, I mean, the first time I played the review copy, it was like, you couldn't dodge him. Like Wow. You had, like, I had to go back and basically, like, I had to basically level up some stuff so I could hit him from a distance to the point that I knew I'd be able to get in close and hit you him enough him times off. to kill him before he could kill me. Like, it was literally <laughs> a game, a battle of attrition. Wow. Yeah. Um, and that's uh,
0: what a, what a great first impression that was. Yeah. Anyway. Also, I should add that I feel bad for the people who are working at these publications because they know, as soon as they saw this yesterday, they knew mm-hmm. they're like, my job is in jeopardy, and that immediately will just impart upon you horrible anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so now all the people working at these publications are just dealing in time with for this. Christmas. Yeah, just in time for Christmas. Yep, exactly. Anyway, that's it. For housekeeping for today's episode, before we get on with the bulk of the show, although I don't know if it's the bulk of the show at this point. Yeah, I don't know about that. It's almost three. (laughs) Here's a word from our sponsor, L.S. Cream. L.S. Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass., and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine & Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's creamls.com slash sifted. All right, so here's what you're going to do. Every year, if you enjoy drinking, you probably buy eggnog to make holiday-themed drinks. What you're going to do this year is instead of buying the eggnog, you're going to go, to lscream.com slash sifted and you're going to replace the eggnog for this holiday season with LS cream. I promise you, you will not regret it. It tastes way better than eggnog. Have you ever drank eggnog, Matt? Oh, yeah. Do you like it? Yeah, I like it okay. Oh, you do? It always I mean, I feels, mean certainly tastes such, gross to me. There's certainly
1: such thing as bad eggnog. No,
0: there, <laughs> there is for sure. <laughs> Although I would argue you could probably put a little bit of LS cream in the eggnog and make the eggnog better too. Yeah. So... Uh, Again, head to creamls.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. That'll show you where you can get bottles locally. There's a store locator. You can also find out where to buy it online. Um, If you made it through Thanksgiving and you bought a bottle for Thanksgiving, you know what I'm talking about. Go get another bottle for Christmas. Christmas holiday is a lot longer as well. You may want to buy more than one bottle. Uh, But anyway... Thanks to LS Cream for supporting us. They're awesome. Um, It is owned and run by a gamer and sifter. Support your fellow gamers. Support your fellow sifters. Support LS Cream. And with that, it's time to kick off the show proper. It was a really slow week for game releases. So we don't have a ton of games to talk about, though. We do have a couple. But... It is also the third anniversary of the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. We are now three years into next gen. Matt, when can, when should we stop calling it next gen? About a year ago. Yeah. <laughs> it is always weird. like that. The, it's like, how long do you call the new consoles next gen before you start thinking about the PlayStation 6 as the next gen? Mm-hmm. I agree. I think in a year's time you should probably do it. But the industry has not done that, Matt. Like, they're still using the nomenclature next-gen to refer to PS5 and Xbox series. It's a weird quirk with our industry for whatever reason.
1: I mean, it's this generation more than most because things are still hybrid. Yeah. Um, I I imagine that you'll see a little bit of next-gen stuff referring to the PS5 until the PS6 is announced. Probably,
0: Yep. Um, So anyway, we just hit the third anniversary, and in, in generations past, we would be past the halfway point for these consoles, because back in the day, most consoles lasted five years, and then a new one came out, rinse and repeat. That doesn't happen that way anymore. Now they last for seven, eight, nine years, and then they live alongside, like, the new console lives alongside the old console for a couple years. Like, things have completely changed. But... I think at the three-year mark, regardless of what era you're talking about, it's a good reflection point to look back and see what they've done right and what they've done wrong. And that's exactly what we're gonna do today with the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. So I've been collecting data and information around both platforms. and i put together some images that are gonna support our discussion. Um, and ultimately at the end, we're going to give a letter grade for both the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X for its first three years of operation that, again, would have been the bulk of the lifespan for most consoles in the past. Um, First, I'm going to pull up a slide that are just notable things that I feel like are important to people who are kind of monitoring these two machines. Um, So with the PlayStation 5 right now, It's sitting at 41.7 million units sold. And now that figure is now a couple months old. That's the last one the PlayStation gave us. Um, The console in general, um, or at least more recently, has had a -a games-as-a-service focus. And its exclusives have become rare. But also the future roadmap for exclusives is kind of a mystery. We really don't know a lot of games. We know Wolverine, which we just talked about, Mm -hmm. and a couple others. But for the most part, we only know about the games-as-a-service games. Now we can assume a new God of War is coming, a new Horizon game is coming, blah, blah, blah. But we haven't heard about those yet. So again, most of the games in the future are mostly a mystery. Then you look at what they've done hardware-wise. And I think this, this slide shows the difference in philosophies of what they've tried to do for the first three years. So on the PlayStation 5 side, look at the hardware that they have released Around PlayStation 5. Other hardware that works tangentially Uh, with PlayStation 5. All this year. Yeah. You have PlayStation 5 Slim. You have PlayStation VR 2. And now you have PlayStation Portal. So you can see that it appears that PlayStation's strategy out of the gate was to get a bunch of supporting hardware out around the PlayStation 5. Do you think that's a smart strategy, Matt?
1: No, but I... I don't know if it's a strategy. I think they're just getting stuff out that they
0: are indeed, and it's got to come out. I mean, that's got to be a strategy. You got to de- you have to dedicate so much money to this R and D on this hardware. Like this is something that was planned years ago.
1: Yeah, but it I,
0: doesn't just materialize, right? But
1: the landscape changed, and you know, but apparently it makes more sense to still release it. I guess. Yeah. Because clearly they're not supporting the VR. I mean, people can go on and be like, "Oh, there's so many releases that come out." And then you look at the releases, and it's just like, "Oh, that's a bunch of mobile games that they converted to VR mm-hmm. on the." Or
0: their of, old VR games. Yeah, old
1: VR games that are being ported forward. Which, like, if it was half like Half Life Alex, I wouldn't mind. But other stuff, it's just like, yeah, I don't even know what that is, dude. Like, um, it's just you know, clearly they're not interested in supporting. that. I mean, Portal doesn't have that problem because you don't need games specific to it. Um. I don't know. Like, I don't think it matters, really. Like, Sony's big enough to absorb the cost they, or the, the losses on those things. And I guess they they factored that all in, and eventually that team will get laid off, and that'll be the end of it. Or they'll do a PSVR 3 for some reason. I don't know. Like, Like, I don't understand what they're doing in the VR department.
0: Or any of this. I mean, the Slim, I guess, makes more sense if you can... Turn a profit on your hardware going forward and make it I mean, you got to
1: modify the the hardware somehow in terms of, yeah, if you can make that smaller, even if you just save money on shipments, mm-hmm. you know, if you can ship, if you can ship a hundred more PlayStation 5s in the same truck because the box is smaller, that counts, you know, it, it, anything like that. Um, the portal, I don't know. Why? I guess it's filling, filling what they perceive as a niche, but like we'll see how it sells after the scalpers are done.
0: Feels like a niche of a niche. By the way, those are back in stock. In um, Walmart, you can buy them right now. Yeah, and they don't seem to be vanishing immediately. Oddly enough, you're right, Matt. Yeah, um, and I nobody's don't...
1: bragging about the sales in Europe, from what I
0: see. Yeah one
1: one, one store so one source started putting out sales numbers from Spain specifically for some reason this week <laughs>
0: because we you know why they made it look good. But like the no, because the portal was way down; it was uh, below everything
1: else. Uh, and well, like, then they
0: were trying to make it look
1: bad, and uh, even though the PlayStation was up, and it was just sort of like. Well, we're not going to, we're going to talk about Europe numbers and it's like, yeah, but like it doesn't, I mean, it's not like the Xbox look good either. I don't know who you're a fanboy of releasing that, but basically it was like in world, in areas where scalpers aren't running rampant, it seems like the portal is selling about normal, like what you would expect that object to sell.
0: Yep. Please, to me, of all of those things, only the PlayStation 5 Slim makes any sense at um. all. Yeah, I mean, that's really just a refresh. It's
1: not even they're selling it as a separate thing. They're just saying that's what the PlayStation 5 is going to be from
0: now on. Look, and I'm not delusional. I don't think that PlayStation working on PlayStation VR 2 or PlayStation Portal has taken away from game development. Like, I don't think Mm -hmm. that that's why there was one first-party exclusive this year. I'm not stupid. But you're spending a ton of money on this hardware that could be diverted Mm -hmm. towards game development. Yeah, I I guess
1: technically there were exclusives on VR 2, like...
0: Because I'm going to show you a slide in a minute that is going to be one of the most eye-opening things you may have ever seen in the games industry. I'm not exaggerating. That is not hyperbole. And it's going to tie back to this slide. And I'll explain it in a second when it all ties together. Let's move over to Xbox. 21 million units sold. Now, that is from Statista. I don't know how accurate that data is. It is the only source that I could find that was confident to report hardware sales data for Xbox Series. And it says it has sold around 21 million units. To be honest, the two to one ratio is the way PlayStation and Xbox has been for the last like 15 years. It has always been this way. Really, these two machines are selling just like the last two generations have, as far as like two to one for PlayStation. Now, instead of focusing on hardware, Xbox put out the carbon black like Series S with one terabyte of space. Its focus has been on Game Pass on services, Um, and then acquisitions that lead to an impending avalanche of exclusive games for its platform that has not yet quite arrived. But it's pretty clear to see the first three years of both of these consoles, PlayStation had a focus on hardware, Xbox had a focus on software. Fair?
1: I guess. I mean, PlayStation 5 had a lot of exclusives for the first few years. We'll get to that slot. That's why this year is weird. We'll get to that slot. Because I don't think anyone really, like, the mass audience that makes these things, you know, that makes the PlayStation 5 sell double the Xbox, don't care about whatever hardware refresh comes out. I I guarantee you, you go to most of those people and ask them about the VR2 and the Portal, they don't even know those exist.
0: Yeah, probably not. Especially the
1: Portal. It's too
0: new. Well, yeah, because it's only been out for like a week or whatever. But I think clearly, if you look at what, maybe not even their strategy, what they've accomplished. Mm -hmm. Xbox has accomplished more with software. PlayStation has accomplished more with hardware.
1: That's fair. I mean, I would argue that their software is better than their hardware.
0: PlayStation, you mean? PlayStation. I would
1: definitely rather play Last of Us 2 Remastered or God of War Ragnarok than buy a portal. (laughs)
0: Okay. Well, let's... Take a look. So here are the first party exclusives that have been released so far for each console. Now you can see the asterisk at the bottom there, other than Demon Souls remake, every game on both lists were was a new game that has launched since the console's launch. Mm-hmm. Um, so I included Demon Souls remake down there. It's not a new game, but I think a lot of people value that more because the game the original game was so old. So it ha- I think it has more value than the typical like remake or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean that game that game was 2 gens out. So Right.
0: So I wanted to include it on here even though I didn't include games like that for Xbox because there's added value in the Demon Souls remake, I believe mm-hmm. anyway. And but
1: it, if- and it was PS5 exclusive. Right. Yeah, so yep. it wasn't on anything else. It hasn't even come to PC. Which-
0: now, I did include games on both lists that were released both for the PS4 and the PS5 or released both for Xbox Series and for Xbox One. Grounded is one on xbox um where's god of war horizon forbidden west god of war is not a new game ragnarok yeah it was not a new game for playstation 5 it had released for ps4 and then they put it out for ps5 did it yeah i thought that was last year the ps5 version was yeah so any like marvel spider-man remastered isn't on there Mm -hmm. um Marvel's about, uh, Spider-Man Miles Morales isn't on the list because it was an old game that was just gussied up for PS5 but that was a PS5 launch game what was
1: Miles Morales was it yeah I bought that when it came out for PS5 that was a launch they both, game they both came yeah both versions came out at the same time I didn't remember that I yeah. thought it, it was staggered for and PlayStation Ragnarok 5 was also the same time was it yeah that was a it came out during the PS that was last year I guess you're right okay
0: i guess i would add those two then yeah i mean not that i mean miles morales i guess maybe maybe i looked at it more like i don't know why i thought horizon i don't know why i confused those honestly because obviously i have horizon on there yeah i really thought that god of war was ps4 no the first one was Ragnarok. no i mean ragnarok yeah ragnarok came out last year and it was for day one for ps5 as well yeah yeah i guess you're right Interesting. I don't know why. I, mean, I guess I had a brain fart or whatever looking at those games. Um, because, again, I have Horizon on here, and it's basically it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Um, so it wasn't intentional. I wasn't intentionally trying to slight PlayStation or anything like that. Um, so, anyway, we'll, we'll tack those on to the end there. Um, but you've got Astro's Playroom, Marvel Spider-Man 2, Ratchet & Clank Red Depart, Horizon Forbidden West, Returnal, Final Fantasy Sixteen, which was a third-party exclusive that they paid for, Destruction All-Stars, which was abysmal, Forspoken, which was also a third-party Destruction exclusive. Destruction all was free, at least. It was. Um, Not that I ever played it. Yeah, I, well, I did. And it wasn't good. Yeah. Um, for Spoken, another paid third-party exclusive for PlayStation. Both those games from Square Enix, by the way. And I do wonder if Square Enix regrets now it having worked those deals for both of those games. And then Gran Turismo Seven, and then God of War Ragnarok, and then what was the other game? That sh- Miles, Morales. Miles Morales. Yeah, and then you move over to Xbox Series X. You have Halo Infinite, Forza Horizon Five, Forza Motorsport, Redfall. Which was bad, just like mm-hmm. Destruction All-Stars. Starfield, Microsoft Flight Simulator. Now I will say this. I didn't include, and I don't even know if there were any indie games for PS5 that deserve to be on this slide, but I included them on Xbox to smaller games because they were like Game of the Year contenders. Or they are mm-hmm. Game of the Year contenders. Isn't so that way Minecraft Legends isn't in there. Right, exactly. So Pentiment made it. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's a game of the year contender, but a lot of people did. Hi-Fi Rush, people love it, and then Grounded. Um, which is another sort of lesser game along the lines of like a, a Redfall, um, but such a weird
1: journey. What like was? I, just grounded such a weird journey because I remember like coverage being done of that before the pandemic, right? Yeah, like and and then the, I think the 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 bait like the early access went up like months after that. And yeah, it was like it's been it's been years,
0: years and years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but I think and they're still adding shit. Yeah, I think this slide though. I was surprised by it. I did not because I think they're competitive.
1: I don't know about that, just in the sense that there's there's a well maybe PlayStation
0: gets the nod without I think a doubt. It's the nod, but like there's
1: a bunch of stuff in there that Xbox like, It's just not exciting for, from Xbox, from a mainstream perspective for whatever reason. Like I'm not saying I'm not excited. I, I mean I love Pentiment, but like Johnny, you know Johnny is going to go yeah, buy a Xbox. He doesn't Xbox, care about so care about <laughs> about Pentiment, right? Yeah. Um, or even Hi Fi Rush, really. Hi Fi Rush was great, but like that's not gonna get you any traction. Like you're not look you're looking at stuff over even uh, the stuff that I don't think was like amazing on PlayStation Five is stuff that like demos well. Mm-hmm. Like Forspoken oh, well, looks good. Yeah, Forspoken looks cool mm-hmm. until you play it. Yeah, you know. I mean I actually like Forspoken. I didn't Spoken, I didn't but- dislike Forspoken really, yeah. but it wasn't like a oh my god, thank God I own this console kind of game.
0: That game know? definitely needed to be multi platform for it, it to a- have was- a chance. It was also on PC, wasn't it? Yeah.
1: But it didn't work very well on PC. If I remember correctly, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, it, it, it didn't New need, IP? I don't think it needed to be multi-platform. It just needed to be better. Well, I just think a
0: new IP on one platform, you're just asking for doom. <laughs>
1: like, Yeah, but also sometimes with those, like that deal with Sony, that might have been the only way that game got made. Maybe. Like That's Square true. Square does stuff
0: like that. But I guess my main takeaway from this slide is that the software is closer than you think.
1: The numeric- PlayStation still gets the yeah. nod. Numerically, yeah, but in terms of like I mean, Redfall was never gonna be anything. Uh two forces. Was... I mean, I was excited about Redfall, but until I played it. You were the only one I really knew who thought Redfall had any potential.
0: It was a cooperative um, vampire shooter. That sounds fun to me. I think it probably sounds fun to most people mm, until people started saying it was awful and then it was all over. That game always looked pretty dumb
1: and yeah. bad to me. Like even that even before they were showing gameplay, I'm like, this doesn't look like this. I don't know what, I don't know how to distill it into words, but there's something about Redfall that always made me go,
0: mm-hmm. Well, it's like, not in your wheelhouse either. Like, no, I like shooters, so to but me... But I
1: like vampires and horror things and things like that, and mm-hmm. I like what some of what Arcane has done in the past, but just didn't seem like it was going to be what... And it's, you know, Arcane making that kind of game was something they'd never done before, and sure enough, later, you know, it, I, and I don't always subscribe to the idea that a developer that's never done a certain genre can't possibly attempt a different genre, but um, we had no idea that behind the scenes, like, a horrible version of that was happening. You know, mm-hmm. it was it was, it was the, the, the the stories that came out afterwards about, like, basically people hoping that, that Microsoft would cancel the game and shit. Like, well, the
0: weird thing is that this game is starting to rebound right now, Matt. Yeah, they're its trying. It's numbers on Steam are starting to go up. Uh, so the work that they're doing is doing something. I think it's too little too late still. But Yeah, but, I mean, at
1: least, <laughs> like, you know, credit to sticking with it. I yeah. Guess.
0: I mean, because I not, don't think anyone would I mean, blame them
1: if they didn't. I mean, it's. I mean, normally I'd be like, well, not Arcane. Obviously, Arcane was. It sounded like Arcane didn't want to stick with it either. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah, yeah. I mean, it might get to something worth poking at at some point. Yeah. But, uh,
0: like years from now. Yeah,
1: but it's <laughs> like okay, sure. Yeah. Like they're just lucky that nobody really knew that game existed. Yeah. It, 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 the, um, the first real, the first real game in the in the acquisition you know line up to come out with starfield for most people
0: yeah now i mean i'll just be honest with you it isn't just the numbers i just feel like you know you don't like a lot of xbox games i do like i liked halo infinite i think it was great i liked it obviously i think we both love forza horizon 5 yeah neither one of us really like forza motorsport i really love starfield so did you i mean i think xbox has had some decent games but obviously Playstation decent, but has they're way, not more, like way exciting more.
1: You know what I mean? Like, to you, they're not. But I don't think they're exciting in general. Like, like the Forces are cool, but are, you know, the Five speaks for itself there. To some yeah. I'm always happy to see a new Horizon game, mm-hmm. but it's just sort of the... It's, it's slightly better things of something you have already on the old consoles, whereas if you look over at PS5, there's stuff... You know, obviously you've got Spider-Man 2 and Ratchet and & Clank, but Ratchet & Clank, I think, gets a little bit of a different pass because it really was showcasing the tech in a way that arguably nothing on the Xbox side does.
0: Still hasn't. Yeah, yeah. and... Um, I have yet to see the Xbox Series X exclusive that blows my doors off graphically. Where same. I'm like, okay, this is why I paid $500 for this thing. Same. I thought motor, Motorsport might be that, and it wasn't. It wasn't. No, no it I was hear not. you. So anyway, I think um, we're pretty pragmatic on the software, but having it all out, seeing it in one screen, I think it changes your perception at least a little bit.
1: Between, yeah, the two. I just I would argue that like you don't have any equivalents of Horizon or Final Fantasy, yeah, or yeah. Spider Man or Ratchet and Clank or God of War. Or Miles Morales. Like, there's, there's a bunch of stuff on the PlayStation 5 side that you don't get over here.
0: Single-player games. Yeah. I mean, that's PlayStation's focus. With the its only exclusives. thing that you so don't That's really why it's now spending a ton of money on games as a yeah. service. The
1: only thing you don't really get on PlayStation in this list is a shooter. Yeah. Which and like Infinite playstation
0: has never managed to really no, succeed they've never really
1: cracked that yeah
0: i would um, argue xbox is not so good at it anymore either but <laughs> no it's not i mean infinite has been a real rocky
1: drive yeah. Uh, yeah you can't deny that whether however you feel about halo infinite and i really wish i liked infinite more yeah um and, it, and that they'd supported the story and the campaign stuff a little better because like you know i don't care about the multiplayer but i thought the story was pretty good
0: yep i agree um and here comes the slide that I mentioned earlier, I teased earlier, is gonna change your perception about everything. And here it is.
1: Mm-hmm. Are these their acquisitions and everything? It's
0: every first party studio from mm-hmm. both. Not, what is that? Not not that you know. What does um, that tell you?
1: tells me that hopefully, Xbox is gonna have a flood of content in the future and ps5 is not but i gotta look, i gotta look over on the on the ps5 side and see a lot of fucking 800 pound gorillas that are not on the xbox side I really mean, there, there are a couple but like it's stuff like i
0: mean king i mean that's king yeah but i'm not i don't care about i king. mean i don't play candy crush candy or anything crush either, either. No, i mean that's just a money play that's gonna make him a shit ton of money but look at the studios dude i mean come on man what but look you, at all you, of them, what? three four three, Double Fine, the Coalition, the Initiative, okay, I'm talking about the, Ninja Theory, I'm talking to, uh, Obsidian, uh, no, you're, you're Rare.
1: You're naming a bunch Bethesda. of no, you're naming a bunch of nobodies in terms of the mass mass appeal market. Where are the, where are the where are the ones on the Xbox side that are going to get people to buy an Xbox instead of a PlayStation Five?
0: Well, I mean, three four three entries makes Halo. The coalition a, yeah, makes they got Halo. years of war.
1: It, they got a Halo, a big Halo game out, and they're selling half what PlayStation Five is. So what in there? What is, is
0: Fire get? Sprite and Firewalk making, Matt? I don't know. What is any what, dude? What are you doing? But Come I'm, t- on, I'm man. talking about
1: Insomniac. I'm talking about <laughs> Naughty mean, Dog. I'm talking what's about Valkyrie the what's Valkyrie making? What's going to set the world on fire that Valkyrie's making? I don't. I know. I mean, you can I take half
0: of the PlayStation Five list and say what you just said about it. Oh sure,
1: but like I'm saying that also on that list are Insomniac and Naughty Dog and Polyphony and, San, and Santa Monica. Yeah, but
0: you've got Bethesda, you've got Rare, you've got Tango, okay, yeah, you've got in. Yeah, sure. you I'll have get, Arcane, okay, you Machine okay. Game.
1: Tango, come on. You have I'll Blizzard. Go, I'll give you Bethesda, I'll give you Blizzard. <laughs> you and sound like a PlayStation fanboy. I'm just looking at what I'm expected to play on the Xbox here. And I will, okay. I will group Sledgehammer, Treyarch, and Raven and all those together into. I mean, unless they start letting them make their own things. Well, they
0: do. Great. They take the lead no, on they, Call of Duty. No, they Every, make games the 30 million copies a year. The, they all
1: make the same thing. It's all Call of Duty, and it doesn't matter because it's also on PlayStation. Uh, well, I'm talking about, are they going to... These studios
0: uh, can start making
1: exclusive games. They don't have
0: to stay on Call well, of Duty I, forever. Well, that's what
1: I just said. Are they going to let them make actual games, or are they all going to be trapped in the Call of Duty mines forever, like Activision <laughs> had them doing?
0: They're, well, if you're if you're working in the mine selling 25 million copies a year, that's a pretty good oh, job. Oh, sure. But, like, ha- ask the <laughs> High Moon
1: guys how they feel about that.
0: But th- that's the other thing. High Moon, Beanox, Infinity... I mean, those guys
1: are just, like, support for Call of Duty though. Are they going to use them as developers, or are just, uh, is that all just a, a big chunk of college you those last <laughs> seven guys i'll just be categorized under one game that seems crazy to me i know you gotta I put mean, another one out every year come
0: on man come on what you're i'm grasping
1: right. at straws here i am 100 correct on that they make one
0: game <laughs> no i understand you're saying that. i'm just saying i'd be excited to place a new at high moon these mooner- two lists come on man Come Qua- on, man. Quantity versus quality. Dude, they just paid $69 I, billion dollars for these studios. I think, If I they think, weren't worth anything, they would have paid $1
1: billion for I them. I think this is about an even list. Oh, my God. I really do. <laughs> like, until we start seeing the output from uh, Xbox, I think we're looking at an even what
0: list. What are you talking about? you Bethesda
1: yeah and then That's you just split, one of like 30 but you, studios but then you split out a bunch of other companies that work under bethesda into their own thing what, what the fuck is alpha dog who the fuck Matt, is let's toys? go
0: through the playstation list team asobi sure what are they doing
1: i don't remember ben studio they don't exist anymore
0: fire sprite
1: i don't know what that is
0: firewalk with me House Mark, we like them a lot of people don't know gorilla. who they are You're skipping gorilla no, I'm, I'm listing the studios that what's you should write at? off under your pretenses. Right. I am also writing them off. I'm saying
1: what's left there is going to be more important at the market than what Xbox has okay, left. Okay, maybe it's easier results. to
0: just pick the ones that matter then. So yeah. let's go through this here. Gorilla, Let, so you have Gorilla. House Mark. Uh, if they keep putting out Gorilla. No, House Mark is Returnal. not on that list. Returnal. You have Gorilla. Returnal sold real well. You have on. Insomniac. You have Naughty Dog. You have Polyphony. Mm. Sony Santa Monica and Sucker, Sucker Punch. Punch, six studios. What is
1: Sony San? What is San Diego doing these days?
0: They're a support they studio, do like do you said earlier. Support. They just do like stuff for other studios. Okay, let's go to Xbox. Three Four Three Industries, I would put on that list. The Coalition, I would put on that list. The Coalition is Ninja Theory. I would probably put on that list. I would not put Ninja Theory
1: on that. Obsidian, I would put on that list. Obsidian, I will put on that list if Avowed hits. Rare, I would probably put on that list. Rare, I would never put on that list. Bethesda, I would put on that list. Bethesda goes on the list. Tango GameWorks, I would put on that list. Why is Tango go on there? What do you mean? What does Tango do that's so great?
0: It's what's it's um what's his name studio? They just put out a they put out a bunch of games. Um, Mikami Studio. They put okay, out that doesn't, that Evil doesn't. Within, they put out... Right,
1: the, the games that have bombed so hard that people are amazed when a new new sequel for to, to one comes out. I don't, Tango isn't in that list. Okay. Id is. Id! Arcane! Arcane is not on that list. <laughs> Arcane doesn't fucking sell! Come on! <laughs> That's their whole thing is they make great games that don't sell. Machine games I'll take off the list. Blizzard Entertainment. Wait, are you taking it off the list in terms of what you're you mean making now? I'm not now, counting or? it. I'm not counting it. For this? For,
0: yeah, I'm not counting it. Nothing happened it. to them,
1: right? What? Nothing happened to them, though, right? They're still there. No, they're still it. there. Okay.
0: Yeah, they there. Right, they're there. That's a pretty damn good studio to be one of your B-level freaking studios. Blizzard Entertainment. In terms Entertainment. of sales, they are. Blizzard Entertainment. That gets me to 11. You want to say all the Call of Duty studios as, as four into one? Okay. I'll, I'll do that. That's crazy, but that's okay. Um, who else we got here? Infinite. Okay. That's 12. Mm-hmm to six okay those, you agreed on those 12 i cut everything okay, out you yeah, disagreed well. on yeah so that's double and, and i disagree and it, and like, i think gonna, some of these other xbox studios and, should is it gonna, be and
1: is it going to matter
0: why why would that not matter because people
1: don't give a shit about half those things how do and, you know what games and, they're going to make in the future all you know is the talent that's what we're talking mm-hmm. about here yep. ip matters a little bit ip definitely matters um halo didn't move the needle so I don't really see. I mean, unless I mean, obviously, the next thing they make Halo wise could be a revolutionary thing. They could the thing let's be, keep
0: in mind here, Matt. All the, those six studios on the left-hand side there. It takes them seven years to make a fucking game.
1: Well, it doesn't take that long.
0: Yes, it, it does. You know, it does. Those quad A seven PlayStation years? exclusives are seven years. You know that
1: Naughty Dog does. It doesn't take the they all do. Insomniac five. Years
0: like four years these guys on the it. right they don't take forever to make games either so they're gonna have more output per, per year like Some here's what i'm seeing here matt Bethesda- is it in two or three years time xbox is going to annihilate playstation's first party output uh annihilate it
1: okay and what i'm saying is it won't matter because playstation's still going to double the sales in hardware but why? And because, why? Because of brand loyalty, because people just want those games more. I don't know why.
0: I understand. I, I agree with that to an extent. It is powerful, but it's not going
1: to matter. But That's eventually, Matt,
0: the numbers are just going to become overwhelming, and no one's going to be able to agree with that anymore.
1: But also remember that the the, the output of the last seven there are also on PlayStation. For now.
0: <laughs> I mean, for the next six years.
1: We'll see about the next generation. Right, but and what happens when they start pulling that shit away from PlayStation? I mean, that's when that's the real shit. I mean, if you can only get Call of Duty on Xbox, yeah, then I'm going to change my tune.
0: This slide shows what Xbox has been up to. While PlayStation has been worried about hardware, Mm -hmm. Xbox has been worried about software. Yeah, well,
1: because they fucking gutted their software. Well, they didn't. The people who like the idiots who are in charge for the Xbox One did. Yeah, not the people that are running it now. But like. They've spent, they had to spend an entire generation and now generation and a half because it took so long to get any fucking output out. Um, not, that that's a, not that that's their fault. There was a pandemic and you got to like figure out what happens when you acquire a company and all that shit gets rearranged. But they spent, when did the Xbox One come out? What was that 20, 2013? Sounds right. So they've spent 10 years recovering from what that, those fucking idiots in the set top box division at Microsoft yeah, TV, did did TV, to them. TV after after that second party group they had after all those those developers they had in house that they they gutted everything shut down lionhead shut down all that shit and it's taken them a decade to get back on their feet to the point that they're about ready to start putting out first party output like they did with the 360
0: yeah but they're here now that's the point well, not yet. I mean, they're pretty right. much here. Like we, We'd like to
1: think so, but where's Silksong?
0: <laughs> I know that's not one of those teams, yeah. but that's
1: what I'm saying. It's like, they got to come out. Oh I'm now saying... And now there's talk that Hellblade, Hellblade 2 is 2025. Yeah.
0: So, All I'm saying is that... Until they start outputting, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Before I started doing this and putting this data and this information together, I thought it was PlayStation in a landslide. Now, for the next five years... I started actually putting this stuff together and I'm like, wait a minute, like, all this money that Microsoft is spending is gonna pay off. It really is gonna pay off. And it, I mean, they, I think
1: it's going to pay off for people like us who just want to play good games. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to pay off at the market.
0: But you're look, you're talking about emotions, fanboyism, whatever. And I'm you're talking right. About that's what a hard sells. spell to break. No, they buy it because they're PlayStation fanboys. That's what they bought since they were five. And that's their PlayStation fans. I don't fans. think
1: double the sales ex- is explained oh, by yes, fanboys.
0: Absolutely it is. I mean, people brand have, loyalty, look, let's sure. let's be honest. A, there's a bunch people, of people have been happy with PlayStation. And they should be because they've been great. People have been happy with PlayStation. so
1: they stopped giving them hard
0: drives. But seriously, like, even PS4 is freaking amazing. Definitely the best console of that generation. PlayStation 5's kind of tracking that way right now, but not quite there. Like, there's a reason for people to be fans of PlayStation. I'm not saying mm. they're crazy for being that way. They should be. PlayStation has delivered for literally 20-some years consistently. But mm. what I'm seeing now is Microsoft has finally figured out how to attack PlayStation. For years, it was like, oh we'll just put out the most powerful hardware and we'll keep feeding them Gears and Halo, Gears and Halo and Forza. And that didn't work. And finally they realized like, it's not so much about the hardware, it's about the software. And I feel like PlayStation has lost its way here and is focusing on hardware more than the software. And it has given an opening for Microsoft that maybe in a few years, they could pry it open and kick the door open. So I just feel like this little exercise for me was really eye-opening. Like I really thought, even with all the money Microsoft has spent, it was still doomed, and I do not feel that way anymore, at all, like I really feel like in a few years, if you tell somebody, I'm gonna buy the PlayStation 6 instead of the next Xbox, you're probably gonna look like a blatant fanboy because it's gonna be so obvious that there are more and better games available for Xbox that the only reason you would buy a PlayStation is because you are just a crazy fan for PlayStation. I think that's what's gonna happen eventually.
1: I'd buy a PlayStation because I want to play Last of Us 4 or whatever it is. Well, you and I,
0: we're always gonna buy all of them.
1: Most people aren't I that way, I'll tell you this much, I'm getting to the point where maybe I won't buy the next Xbox because everything's on PC. Hmm. That's a good point. Like if I can just keep up with my PC hardware and not worry about the... I mean, the only advantage but of the that's, Xbox... But you know, your
0: right PC costs four grand. Like right. But people, a lot of
1: people have PC and they'd rather play it on PC. That's a that's ongoing I don't think thing. most people
0: have gaming PCs. They have a PC to work on but because they bought one But for, a lot
1: of people have gaming PCs that they can then play something redundantly on instead. Even if it's not maxed out or whatever, they can still play, play to the it. point that they don't feel the need to spend $500 on a separate piece of hardware that does the same thing. Yeah. And that is a, that is a i a... I'm not saying this costs you the $20 million sales gap between them and playstation but there is something to be said that if you want to play a playstation exclusive on pc you got to wait a year year and a half if it even shows up yeah um and i'm not going to wait that year and a half frankly i mean it's yeah just, i don't you know, think for some th- stuff sure the average otherwise. person
0: who would consider buying a console like i don't see them sitting at a pc on a computer chair playing video games i just don't like, i think tons of people have both and i just don't think they want to play pc games i think they'd rather sit on their couch and play on their console Mm, I would. I don't <laughs> I think, would a million. I mean, I mean
1: obviously console sales are stronger than PC stuff, but I do think that this you're you're digging into the Xbox world over there. I mean certainly Microsoft Flight Simulator, I would love to know the breakdown between people who play that on Xbox versus PC. Yeah. It's a different market. Well that um that it's nice that IP they're, nice that they're keeping parity there. It's nice yeah. that they bothered to put it on Xbox at all. Mm-hmm. Um but I don't know. Like it's just I, the the PlayStation brand, even in the generation when they completely fucked up the PlayStation Three, the PlayStation Three still sold the most in the end. Ultimately, yeah. Like it's it's, and I I can't explain that really. It's um, fanboys. They're fans. They've been somewhat, fans but since the PlayStation. But if one. there's that many of them, why is it not more consistent sales? You know what I mean? Like consistent why why, sales is it, for why
0: what? each each PlayStation? Why doesn't every PlayStation sell that same amount? I mean, it really has been other than the PS3. And even the PS3 in the end kind of got there. It was a late bloomer, but it still got I just don't think you can, I don't understand how you can say like
1: gaming PCs aren't important, but the reason the PlayStation wins every generation is fanboys.
0: I don't understand that question at all.
1: I mean, like at some point PlayStation sells more because it has more to offer to the people in the mainstream market. That's what they I don't
0: necessarily believe that. Then what is it? You, think, I you literally, said, well, you I literally
1: I... think there are 40 million dipshit fanboys who didn't just do say PlayStation that? I just said they're that?
0: not dipshits. I said they're smart to be PlayStation fans. They have delivered for 20 years. Listen to what I'm saying, Matt. You said fanboy,
1: which is a pejorative term for someone who doesn't think before they buy something. Fans is a different word. If you just mean fans, say fans. If you're trying to make fun of them, say fanboys. That's what fanboy It is. doesn't
0: matter. It's it still does the matter. same thing. They're fanboys. They are. They because PlayStation has delivered for them for 20 years. And as I just said, I don't blame them. If I had a a product that I loved for 20 years, I'd be a fanboy of it too. Like I get it. I'm just saying they're not looking at things evenly. They're right. letting their fan their fandom override reality and Common sense. I just, I just don't know. Or they really, will.
1: I just wouldn't phrase it that way, I guess. I just think I it's know. more brand loyalty, which is not the same thing as being a fanboy. To okay, me,
0: actually, what's the difference
1: in between? Because I would say those is, the are the same. The difference is trusting a brand versus rooting for, I guess, rooting for. It's like, it's like the DC Marvel thing, you know? It's like how the DC weirdos who love the Snyder movies say that the only reason, like, they didn't. Yeah, you know, they they should be more successful than Marvel, and the only reason Marvel is is popular because fanboys don't know any better. It's like no, they don't like this as much as they like the other thing, and like maybe that is fandom. And Marvel certainly has a lot of fans. I mean, they're obnoxious. I mean, there's fans.
0: a lot of fanboys. Right. Let's be honest. And fan girls. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: Don't don't underestimate how how many, peop, how many people peop, how many people go to see the Avengers movies to see hot dudes. Yeah. That was one of the brilliant things about Marvel is there's a hot, different hot dude for everybody.
0: I never thought about um, that.
1: Absolutely. Look, look at Avengers 1, had like big muscle guy, Thor, you had like kind of the nice old fashioned guy in Captain yeah. America, you had the tech guy, you had a, a skinny dude for Loki. Yeah. It all worked out. But what I'm saying is like at a certain point you have to be like, look, okay, yes, there's there's, a, there's more fans of this than less fans of this, but at some point you have to admit that the product is, is just not delivering. And it's going to take Xbox a long time to break out of that cycle, and they're going to have. I mean, and the other problem I think that Xbox has had, and you're right that they took them. It took them, I think, one game longer than it should have to figure out that gears and Halo alternating was not getting getting the job done. done. Yeah. Um, The strength of Xbox so far has been shooters, and one of the things they're going to have to break out of is the idea that that's what the Xbox does. Mm -hmm. And.
0: And A lot of people do and since Halo One and Two. Yeah, people consider I mean, the Xbox back to, it the goes shooter, shooter box. Twenty
1: years, yeah. more than twenty years at yeah. this point. Um, And they got to break out of the idea, the the idea that you can get decent JRPGs on it and that kind of thing, which obviously you can like they release everything on everything now. But that's the thing is like what's going to draw someone who would normally buy a PlayStation over to, you know, and you need those boutiques. I'll show you what's going to pull them away. But I don't, (laughs) see, again, I don't agree with that in the same way. Well, you can can disagree all you want. I can disagree all I want and I'm going to end up being right because one of the things (laughs) that I want you to look at here is show me who... In that Xbox list is going to make something on par with what Naughty Dog and Insomniac makes in terms of like a character story driven experience.
0: If they gave a bunch of those studios seven years, I believe almost all of them could. Oh do sure, it. but are they going to make that? Are they going to
1: give them seven years? They might. Well, I, don't, I don't know about seven years, but I mean that style of game, the game that you know that
0: I mean the over, yeah, the, I think should, the, coalition, the, over the shoulder
1: sad dad game. If for lack of a yeah, better, term, I mean you I, know think, what I mean?
0: I think the coalition is definitely capable of doing that. Sure. They could,
1: they could you could turn gears of war into that
0: or just start a new IP. Coalition is pretty much Ninja admitted- theory I believe could do. Right, that.
1: the coalition they've admitted is pretty much going to do uh Gears of War forever. Yeah. Like, which I oh, think really? is a, mis- I think it's a mistake. Oh, I didn't know that. I didn't hear that. I mean, they're named after it. So yeah, I think three, four, three is stuck making halo and the coalition, stuck making gears. I would Ninja like just,
0: theory is one. We'll Ninja see a playground. Can, we'll see a playground games can, Ninja do it. Theory can do whatever
1: they want. You're right. But they also have the seven year development cycle. problem.
0: Yeah, but that's what it takes to make games like the last of us part two um playground games we'll see they're trying to make one right now with fable well, they're
1: trying to make fable I don't, i'm very curious if fable is going to work out on that level or because fable has always had that thing where it's like oh this could be this amazing thing and then you're like it comes out and you're like yep yeah, that's sort of a bethesda can do it fable's always a little
0: bit be- bethesda making one game and we know what that is but it can do it you it, just asked the question i'm answering it it can do but it they're not going to blizzard can do it and any of those Call of Duty studios could do it. But they'll, as to your point, they will probably continue working on Call of Duty. Yeah, th- so. I'm There that are studios that can do it, but they have are, to want but, them to do but it. If, That's the problem, but is, is Microsoft, wanting them.
1: Right. Is Microsoft going to say we want to compete with Sony on at that game
0: it probably should it should
1: <laughs> i mean if you're because smart, that's one of the big draws was that because you look uncharted at these, really changed that sort of attitude toward that boutique and you know exclusive games should be because that's for, that's the for thing good with, or these, bad.
0: with having that many studios matt and you're right not all of them are capable of making a last of us part two but they're capable of making a pretty damn good game every two or three years that makes sure that there's Exclusive coming into the ecosystem continually while you have your big boys spending the seven years working on the, mm-hmm. the crazy like stuff that like changes people's right. perceptions and of the And I would be
1: more positive about Sony's acquisitions covering that sort of thing if I didn't know that all those acquisitions were making games as a service crap. Right. Um, and
0: again, I think that'll play into it, too. Again, three years from now... When you got all these live service and games it, coming out, and some will hit, some won't, but you have Xbox putting out all the single player stuff. Again. And it may not matter
1: if Sony can. I mean, I think Sony's sort of at a point now where, we, where we're saying, like, you know, it took them one game too long to figure out that Gears and Halo weren't it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony might be hitting a similar, you know, Rubicon here. Where it's like, like seven years is hey, too much. maybe you might want to take some of those games as a service games and pivot them into just being games. Right. And are those, my question kind of becomes, are the games that these these developers are working on, are they strong enough games in and of their own right to support themselves without that game as a service model on top of them? And that is a real question because most of the games that are that kind outside of, I would say, Destiny 2 are not. Yeah. Like, you could not have pivoted the Avengers into being a single-player only game. It simply wasn't good enough for them. Yeah. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And it's not like the games as a service thing made it any better, really. But like, at least you you played that and you understood why it lacked in the places it lacked.
0: You yeah. know, the point is, just look at it like chess. So the object of chess is to take your opponent's pieces off the board, mm-hmm. just in that straight sense of competitive. Like, how many pieces right. Xbox has on but the what, board?
1: But what I'm saying is that Xbox has a lot of pawns.
0: No, I agree. And the and PlayStation has more rooks. PlayStation and has vicious. three king, three queens <laughs> for some reason.
1: I don't like go that far. But, I, I would argue that in some But a pawn naughty can take out Santa a queen. If you have four pawns,
0: it takes out a queen
1: like But I don't think a pawn made by an exile is going to take out the naughty <laughs> dog queen, is what I'm saying. Like I think the, the there's the, they're smarter than that. We'll see. I think things are looking up for Xbox is my point. I think it's definitely looking up. I don't like think Like big time looking up. Oh sure, but they've been at the fucking bottom of the well for a long time yeah. and like maybe they'll get to float up to where PlayStation is.
0: I think what's going to happen But I is don't
1: if, think they're competitive yet.
0: I think at the end of this generation, they will be competitive, and I think then all bets are off for the next generation, which may be the last. Who knows? But um, maybe.
1: Like I don't know. We'll see if Microsoft can do two gens in a row without fucking up because they've never done that before.
0: Another important thing too is some of these games that they're working on now, like Avowed. So that'll come out here in the next eighteen months or whatever. Mm-hmm. So then you look ahead to whenever they're getting ready to for the next Xbox or the next PlayStation or whatever, and if people really like the Vowed, suddenly. The sequel to Avowed is like a year away and people are like I really love The Avowed. I can only play Avowed on all that stuff matters and we'll we'll see how it all mm-hmm. plays out. But in 3 years time like I think things are going to look drastically different. And the well, they're going to have
1: to be amazing to drag people away
0: from their PlayStation library. Yeah, I agree. They are dyed in the wool PlayStation fans. There's no doubt about it. Again, not i not even them.
1: just fans. I mean, like if you bought all these games for a generation or maybe two generations on PS4 and PS5 and you can carry all those games forward to the PS6. But you can only afford one console. You're buying a PS Six.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know how strong the backwards compatibility thing is. Like it's not about backwards compatibility.
1: It's about it's about perceived like losing investment. everything that yeah. you invested in. It's about perceived yeah. investment.
0: Yeah, even and though you can always go back the and play The only reason those games I sold a
1: fucking iPhone after twelve years. But I mean, look, Matt.
0: If you own the PlayStation Five, you still have it. You can still go back and play that right, whole but,
1: library. But you know, consumer brains don't work that way.
0: But I, that's why I argue that like backwards compatibility doesn't matter because nobody cares. Nobody goes back when, and plays but old when games. But when that launch
1: day hits, it does matter. Maybe, and maybe. It, sh- maybe it shouldn't, but it does. Yeah, like not losing your library because you switched consoles is going to be a real thing to people who are that heavily. Even invested. if you're right,
0: they may never even use them. Like I don't. Like right. I hardly ever go back and play. Oh old sure. Games. I mean, one of. The, I mean, I would probably use
1: PlayStation backwards compatibility more if there was more storage space. Yeah. But like, it's uh, not. I mean, you can do the external hard drive, and it's fine. But um yeah.
0: Or you could finally install the expansion I bought you last Christmas. Good. I,
1: I mean, <laughs> the PS4 stuff just goes on the external drive. It's yeah. it doesn't need the, doesn't right. need the it doesn't need the faster drive. But so anyway, you like having all the yakas in one place.
0: Nope. Okay, well, we're at the end of the discussion. So, let's give a letter grade for the first 3 years of both platforms. Let's start with PlayStation 5. What's your letter grade for the first 3 years of PlayStation 5?
1: Hmm. I'm going to give that a B+. Exactly I, what I was going to give it. But if this year's PlayStation lineup had been as strong as the last two, it would have been an A. Yeah, like this they were they rough. were an A until this year. Yeah, I, think. I mean, I was a little surprised to see how f- they were just talking first party output. They were an A until this year. Yeah,
0: I was a little surprised to see how few games there were honestly for playstation but then xbox doesn't have any it more it was kind of so.
1: hard to notice given the release schedule
0: this year yeah
1: like if the it's weird like the the packed 2023 release schedule kind of saved them from that perception
0: yep so i agree b plus is exactly what i was going to give them as well um hardware's good i have no problems with it other than the storage like it's it's three years old i haven't had any issues with it at all solid state running great um software has been spotty this year has been terrible for software i I have one hardware issue yeah you had like the weird
1: disconnected cable which actually that is annoying enough to me that i am actually thinking about a slim i don't blame you that is really annoying like i would wait and see if they'd fix that issue on the slim yeah but i'm i'm actually thinking about that
0: okay so i agree b plus for playstation 5 let's go to xbox series first three years what's your letter grade Mm, i'm gonna say c plus they're higher than me. I would have said a C flat.
1: Uh, I think I like Starfield more than you did. Probably. That's probably. That's, li- it. <laughs> that's literally. It.
0: That's all it is. You're probably right. Um, yeah, I would give it a flat C. Um, again, I'm not rating it on what could happen or what's going to happen, which is what I talked about a lot here over the last 20 minutes or so. Mm-hmm. I'm talking about what has happened, and what has happened has been average. The hardware's okay. Like some of the quick like swapping stuff hasn't worked exactly how I thought it was going to. Like. The software output, to me, has been not good enough. They need more exclusives. Mm-hmm. Game Pass, for me, that's a pretty big deal. It's cool. Um, and it's, I've found it's that I've actually enjoyed money. it
1: more than I thought I would. Yeah, and it saved me some buying some things that I'm yep. curious about. Absolutely.
0: And let me like sample some stuff that I wouldn't have ever tried either. Yeah. So there's a lot of value in that. But so I think most of my C is built up by Game Pass because the yeah. the software, first-party software output, has been bad. Yeah, mostly
1: Game Pass and the fact that it's slightly more powerful. So yeah. it's, it, third party it's, it's stuff plays a little of, better. It's sometimes it's been playing a little better, but in terms of like first party output, I mean, it's been mildly abysmal. Yeah, I mean, Horizon. I like Horizon Five a lot. I like Starfield a lot. Mm-hmm. Everything else, you take know, it or leave it. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, Halo was fine. Halo yeah. was good, but like. Because look, like the main problem with Halo Infinite was that was stuff related to how they've kind of failed the multiplayer support and like people didn't like the direction they took them. And I don't care about that; I just cared about yeah, the, the, the campaign. The campaign and campaign was fine. It's okay. It was the, it was the best Halo campaign since uh, ODS since Reach, uh, which eh. is saying almost nothing. I'd agree but, with that. Yeah, but I didn't like four or five at all. Yeah, so. and
0: I barely did. I did yeah. enjoy them, but barely—literally by the skin of their teeth. It definitely wasn't Halo to me. This this game felt more like Halo. Right.
1: That's yeah. That's a good way to say it. it yeah. I felt like I was playing Halo again after after years and years of playing this stupid Promethean game that, I, that <laughs> kept using, using the Halo name for some reason.
0: Yeah. Um, so anyway, um,
1: yeah. I, think I, those, I might have
0: gone a little higher if uh, Forts of Motorsport had been had been, had been decent had been yeah. instead of a throwaway. See if you guys haven't been given any grades in here. It uh, looks like Sinatike has the same problem you do with the land cable. My I have no problems with that by the way. Mine's fine. Yeah, that is a that seems to be a a, a system to system issue. Yeah. Santaik also says Xbox will need a the last of us style or Zelda style crazy killer new IP. Not sure if it's even possible. Well, Zelda is not new IP. Zelda style. Oh, uh, okay. Meaning I don't know what as in world. something as
1: in something that competes with one of those games on the same, either either a big narrative like epic dramatic game like The Last of Us or a big open world freeform innovative game like, like Tears of the Kingdom um, they d- really don't have anything on those Low. I mean theoretically Fable could be the latter but I doubt it yeah but I might be wrong who know? I mean Fable has always sort of been an underachiever to me as much as I like those games but they're not you know they're not being made by Lionhood now so who right. knows
0: yep so there you go that's our three-year check-in on the PlayStation 5 and the Xbox Series X. And maybe, Matt, right now, we should just put our flag in the ground and say we're never going to call it next-gen ever again from this point forward. I believe that when I don't do <laughs> but Anyway, there you go. That's our three-year report cards for the next-gen consoles for the last time. Uh, next time, it'll just be gen. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think now we'll call it current gen. Three years is our moratorium. <laughs> Um, all right, we're gonna move on. We have See two how much games. Longer they're here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we got two games to talk with you about in today's episode. Let me check the time real quickly. It looks like we have exactly the right amount of time to discuss them. The first one we're going to talk about is a game that kind of fell through the cracks over the last couple of weeks because we had such other big games to talk about, and I didn't have a chance to play it. And then this week I did because there were really no releases at all, and that is Detective Pikachu Returns. Matt, what did you think of the Detective Pikachu movie? I liked it. Did you? I was pleasantly surprised by it. was a pretty, was solid, yeah, it. It was yeah. a pretty
1: solid interpretation. Yeah. I like that they just put the fucking Pokemon up there in live action and called yeah. it a day. Like they didn't try to make it. You know, oh, we have to make this Pokemon look like a real thing, a movie on. No, just put the fucking Pokemon on there. It's yeah.
0: great. It works somehow.
1: Yeah, <laughs> Ryan Reynolds as Pikachu works. It's, yeah, it's uh, it was good. I mean, I do think it probably should have been Danny DeVito,
0: but it was it was it was fine. So the first Detective Pikachu was a 3DS game. And now the sequel, Detective Pikachu Returns, is a Switch exclusive. And it's both games were polygonal, but obviously the Swiss new Switch game has received at least a little bit of a graphical upgrade, but yeah, not mean, much. It definitely looks better than the 3DS, <laughs> and that's about it. Yeah, not by much, though. Um, this game is set two years after the last game and the film, by the way. However, this game... So this is
1: in continuity with the movie?
0: It is in continuity. Interesting. It... Actua- I don't know how you make the first game and the movie. I mean, there's is- so between the two games, it covers everything that's in the movie. Mm. So the game, the first game for 3ds, actually left off, and then the movie continued forward. And now okay. this game covers the gap from the old game in the film. Hmm. So if you, the shame about this, really though, is that if you've watched the movie, the big plot twist in this, you know it already. <laughs> I'm not going to ruin it because some of you may have not have watched the film. but is it related to Pikachu? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I'm not going to ruin the big plot twist. But if you've watched the movie, the story in this is going to feel like old hat to you. Um, but it does follow junior detective Tim Goodman. He's still searching for his missing father, Harry. Um, that was a big crux in the first game. He never did find him. Um, again, I'm not going to ruin what happens in the film around all that stuff. Uh, but that's where the game picks up. Like they, So the first game, there is this crisis. So this town, Rhyme City, is an anomaly in that it is the only place where Pokemon and humans live in harmony together. And Pokemon aren't forced to live in the balls. They're allowed to be outside of their balls and roam around. And for a long time, that was great. But in the first game, there is this like kind of a virus that took over Pokemon called R that made them violent and dangerous and so a big crux of the story in the first game was like hey we used to live alongside these pokemon now they're going crazy and they're trying to kill me like so there's a lit there the first game had almost like racism undertones to it because like the way the people were treating the pokemon because there was just a couple bad apples that were spoiling the whole bit you get what i'm saying um and this one I kind of
1: stopped listening after you said that Pokemon live in the balls oh (laughs)
0: Pokeballs 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 okay Um, important well they're allowed to be outside the Pokeballs in in these games or in this town and that's what sets it apart so in the last game the R-Virus shows up it makes the Pokemon act crazy they solve it and the R-Virus goes away this game is set two years after that however he still hasn't found his father Harry wow he's very tall Well, it's two years, Matt. He's he's taller than the cops. Really sprouted up. He's got got nothing to fear. Yep. Um, So anyways, two years after the last game, and yet another wave of crime has hit Rhyme City. So Tim and Pikachu are on the case. Um, And as it turns out, like, so you get medals because you guys have been a a tandem, a crime-solving tandem for the last two years. And at the beginning of the game, the mayor gives you like a medal or whatever. In the middle of the ceremony, a big Pokemon come flies in and like causes all this havoc and blah, blah, blah. They're like, oh, no, is the R virus back? Is it something new or whatever? That is the first part of the plot in this. But the plot really, and this is crazy, Matt, in this game is really about like not trusting the police. <laughs> I'm not kidding. Yeah, I believe it. So, the, a lot of detective stories are that. The that first, it. but the kids are playing this game. The kids are never too young to learn. It might be a little young to tell kids not to trust the police. I don't know. Twenty
1: may- twenty-three?
0: <laughs> so anyway, the first big case happens. There's this mansion, and this jewel is stolen from the mansion. And you go there, and your rival is this police detective. Because you're like the private eye guy working like in the weeds or whatever. And this other guy is a cop who officially works with the police, and your rivals, like he's trying to solve cases before you are. As you get into this game, you find out that that guy is a freaking ball who's lying all the time and completely cannot be trusted. And that's really the theme of this game. Like, as you get into the heart of it, it goes to some kind of dark places. <laughs> I was surprised. I was like, really? You're teaching me that cops can't be trusted? Like, my age, no big deal. Five or six year old playing this game. And believe me, this game is targeted at five or six year olds. I mean, we've, we've, we learned that from, uh, from uh, Streets of Rage back in the day. Matt, this is... So, if watching this B-roll... Only trust
1: your fists. Police will never help you.
0: <laughs> so, I'm sure watching this B-roll, you're probably watching, oh, it's like a detective puzzle adventure. It's really not. Like, this is really more of, like, uh, an interactive, like, novel because there is gameplay in the game and there's detective mechanics and all this crap but it's all automatic even more automatic than Alan Wake 2's detective stuff. Yeah, you may I,
1: I think a lot of people sort of when this first came out the original like expected to be like Phoenix Wright yeah. with with Pikachu Objection. and it is yeah. not. Yeah. No, it's that. not.
0: It's not at all. Um, so yeah, it's it's basically a graphic novel or a visual novel that you play through with a plot that at times is shockingly adult and other times is shockingly juvenile it's really weird to have both of them in the same game and I understand Nintendo typically is very good at making games that both adults and kids mm. can play together
1: it's also weird that like the internal insides of the buildings are like modern like apartments and the outsides are like Studio Ghibli right
0: like, <laughs> like yeah, rust- not a rustic either. cozy European design like, yeah um It's very wordy this game, and you have to talk to everybody because you will go through like twenty pages of dialogue, and then finally that character will say something that is actually a clue. So you just have to go, dang, dang, dang. Like I, you know, for the first
1: clue highlighted in a different color. Yeah, yeah, exactly.
0: And then a little thing pops up that says, "Oh, you have an interrogation clue." And after you've collected enough clues, eventually the game sends you to the deduction screen where it has like all the clues that you've collected, and then it gives you, like, this multiple-choice quiz, Matt, that literally could be solved by, like, a two-year-old. <laughs> it's it's so weird. This game is, like, at one moment, it feels like it's made for three-year-olds. The next moment, you're like, wait a minute, they're talking about the mob and, like, corruption. It's It's got a weird the, dichotomy to it. The Pokemob. Yeah, the Poke... <laughs> the Pokemob. That should have been the lower third. The Pokemob. Um... So anyway, you talk to people's testimony, you gather clues. There's also, like, things that you just hunt around and you find that are clues on the ground. And then you go to the deduction interface, you come to your conclusions. Um, you talk to the humans, Pikachu talks to the Pokemon. So you're like this team of, like, interrogators where you're interrogating the human and then your Pikachu interrogates the Pokemon to get information out of them. And you get clues from both of them, by the way. Sometimes the uh, Pokemon actually have better clues than the human beings do. Um There's not much actual gameplay. You already saw like that quick time event I showed you where Pikachu's trying to run up executor executor. How do you say that Pokemon? Executor. Executor. Um, Or or executor. Yeah. And then you you just that's the lawyer version. Mash the A button, and that's pretty much how all the quick time events in this game are. You just mash. But those are pretty much the only interactive parts of the game. Like, you do run around Rhyme City, but you already saw in the B-roll, it's literally one city block with, like, four buildings. Mm-hmm. And it's, like, this weird thing where you can't control the camera, so you're always running towards the camera trying to get out of the buildings. And it's just awkward and weird. It's no Yakuza. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So it does it includes the same plot twist as the film in between the two games you get the whole plot of the film which is kind of disappointing but at the same time I would argue that it kind of wraps up things a little better because Mm. if you remember at the end of the movie Matt it became like a disaster film. Right. And it kind of jumped the shark. Like that, I thought it every was,
1: every movie has to end with a giant blue light in the sky.
0: Right. Like I thought it was a pretty good movie and that kind of ruined the movie for me. This game wraps up the story way better. I'm not going to spoil how or why or whatever, but it does a it has a more satisfying conclusion than the film did, which is kind of surprising. But as I said, there's not much gameplay. The gameplay that is there is mostly quick time events. Otherwise, you just navigate your way around these tiny environments that still require loading screens between each tiny area. <laughs> it's like, Matt, you go into one room and you go to the next room, it has to load the next room in. Well, look at all that fur shade. <laughs> and, the, and dude, the loading times between the rooms, it's like five seconds. I I don't know what went wrong with this game's development but there's all kinds of technical issues with it um really the biggest gameplay It is
1: interesting how much load time is on the switch given that there are no discs yeah they're cards i don't get it either i mean the cards just sort of i mean they know the, they do keep the data on the card don't yeah, they they're but even when you install them they have a lot of yeah, load time it's weird i don't get it either just not enough ram i guess yeah
0: um, the big gameplay addition to this game compared to the last game is mounts. So eventually you get the ability to be able to ride Pokemon around. Um, and let's see, there's like, you get like each Pokemon that you ride has abilities. So one of them has the ability to track scents. One of them can see through walls. One of them you can use to push heavy objects out of the way. There's also some like top-down stealth segments in the game that are just as easy as the rest of it. It's almost like a joke. Um, there are side quests in the game. However, one thing I will say if you decide to play this is make sure you complete them when they come up. Because there are points in the game where once you go past them, you cannot go back and complete the side quests. And most of the side quests and the main quests in this are pretty much fetch quests. This whole game is kind of just one big fetch quest. Which is why it feels more like a visual novel than an actual like puzzle adventure. I uh, like that there's cop Pokemon. Oh, Is there
1: a cop Pokemon? Well, there's like those, those electric dogs. Oh, he things. is a cop, yeah. So, but those electric dogs, there's like three of them in that shot. So like, I guess that's just what they, what, those Pokemon are cops. Well, they, they introduced that
0: Pokemon, it says like believes in law and order right. or something like that, which is kind of funny. Um, one thing I will say about this game, though, and it was true of the first one as well, is you do learn a lot about Pokemon. Like, the first time you come into Rhyme City, those sheep Pokemon flow by, and they give you, like, the whole background on them, like, how they operate. They float from town to town. If they find a house that they like, they go inside, and they leave their cotton all over the inside of the house. Like, that continues throughout the entire game. You can continually learn new things about Pokemon that you probably didn't know before. Whether there's value in that for you or not, I think that's on a person-by-person basis, but it's there. Um as i said the game is very easy and it really is made for kids and there are moments that are almost insulting for adults as far as the puzzles and like the deduction stuff it literally just happens almost automatically
1: i would never get used to how big they are
0: well i mean it actually shows you the size of the pokemon yeah like yeah. that's
1: gigantic
0: yeah yeah even that
1: one shot in the street where you just look down the alley and there's this giant fucking thing. Like, I would never be okay, like, <laughs> living around this mob. I mean, I know that everyone grew up around it as normal to them. Yeah. But it's just, like even if, even if you're, like, from this world, but you're used to them being in balls all the time. Yeah. Like, and you come to this city, you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> walk around a corner, there's a clefable
0: the size of a Volkswagen right in front. It's like Yeah, that's weird. That's why Rhyme City's special, man. I guess so. <laughs> Um, the game should have difficulty settings because if you want to play this with your kids, it, you're not going to want to. It's too easy. So they need to find a happy medium between what they have now and not making it too difficult. Um, I'd also say that this is one of the worst looking games of this generation. I mean, it's a sequel to a 3DS game and it looks like, I think it looks like a 3DS game in high res. Um, again, the loading screens are constant. Like The voice acting though is surprisingly good. The, the, the performances are great. However, you know you can't—you can only spackle over the the writing so much, and what they're talking about is really inane. But they do a good job writing it, um, and they do a good job voicing it. It's just that what do you talk about in a game like this? It's just—it's not very interesting. Um, its Metacritic average right now, Matt, is sixty-six, which is way too high. And I just want to circle back to the Metacritic score for Call of Duty Modern Warfare 3, where people were like, nope, five is the right score. Five is the right score. I will go to my grave saying Modern Warfare 3 is eight times the game that this game is that is sitting at a 66 on Metacritic right now. I don't know what these people were playing, what kind of drugs they were on while they were playing this game, but this game is like a four. Like, Mm. it is nowhere near a 66. Like... I would only recommend this game to, like, three-year-old pokemaniacs. Like, if you have... And most three-year-olds can't read. Right. And you have to read a lot, which means you're going to have to read it to them, which means it will drive you bonkers playing this with a kid, which means I actually recommend it for no one, Matt. (laughs) I do not recommend anyone buys this game. It's $50 also, which way overpriced for a game that obviously isn't up to scratch technically. I mean, from a craftsmanship perspective, this game is low budget, low rent, and it should have cost low budget, low rent. Um, And again, even if you really liked the film, it spoils the plot in this game. So even like the big twist in the game, it's just kind of your left limp. Now again, it does finish things off a little more in a more satisfying way. And one thing I'll say this too that was weird is like, this game does not leave the door open for a sequel. There's no cliffhanger, there's no weird little thing that happens. It literally wraps up the whole plot, and it's done. Interesting. That, which I was
1: shocked Especially by. interesting considering that, like, um, there's still talk of another movie.
0: No, oh, I'm sure, they're because that movie did huge. I guarantee there's right. going to be another movie. Yeah. Didn't do Sonic numbers, but yeah. it did all right. But I guarantee there's going to be another game, too, so I don't know why. Although,
1: I don't know. I mean, after Mario, they might be hungry for stuff of that caliber or nothing. That's true. In terms of, like, revenue. This is... They're making a live action Zelda movie, which with, with the guy who produced Morbius, and the guy who wrote Monster Trucks, it's going to be a disaster. And the guy who directed the Mortal Engines, that 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 movie is going to be cruising for a bruising. Like, like you just you just had the biggest surprise animated hit of the last five to ten years. And you're making a Zel? You sat on a Zelda license for a quarter of a thirty years. Nobody wants a live action Zelda
0: Zelda movie. Nobody wants that. Nah, I've seen enough fanfic already on YouTube. I don't need more of it. (laughs) So anyway, I was really disappointed in this game. Um, I had played the 3DS version for like an hour. I think maybe we had Vincent review that for us um, back in the day when it came out. Um, But so I had very limited experience with the first game, but I expected more from this than I got. Um, I would not buy this. I would buy this for maybe twenty, twenty-five bucks, but even then, I struggled. This is just one of those things where, like, I the games like I think I finished it in like twelve hours or whatever, mm-hmm. and I was just like, I just wasted twelve hours of my life. Yeah, I mean, it's a funny idea,
1: but yeah. like, that's the other thing too
0: is it, like, I don't. It, it's weird to me that Pikachu talks like Danny DeVito. It was weird in the movie. It's weird in this. It's just like. It's like Pika Pika, and then blah, blah. it's like, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, only he hears him, right? <laughs> right.
1: Yeah, that's how it works. It's, and there's jokes magic. about that.
0: There's actually a joke about the movie in this game. Mm-hmm. He goes home, and his sister is there, and she and they talk about the movie. They're like, well, there was a movie based around this that came out a couple of years ago, and the sister goes, and I wasn't in it. Why wasn't I in the movie? It's funny. Mm-hmm. Like they actually break the fourth wall, like talking about the movie. That was like the only clever thing in the game, to be honest. So yeah, Detective Pikachu returns. Don't let it return. <laughs> you just let it stay wherever it is. Um, and I don't think you'll be any worse for the wear. Again, after I finished playing this, I was like, man, what could I have done with those 12 hours that would have been better and more constructive? A lot. I could have done. I could have got ready for the new game face in 2024 with that time instead of playing this. But I digress. So I recommend staying far away from Detective Pikachu Returns. Next up, and our final topic for today's show. And I'm not going to talk about this game very long because this is very niche, but also very, very cool. And I wanted to get it on your radar. And Matt, I'm surprised that... um, you didn't turn me onto this game. Have you heard of it? I've heard of it. Little Goody Two-Shoes? Yeah, I don't know much about it. Except every time I see it pop up in
1: something, I get the Adam Ant song stuck in my head.
0: <laughs> goody Two, yeah. Goody Two, Goody Goody Two-Shoes. Um, this is a prequel to a game called Pocket Mirror. Have you heard of that game?
1: Only in conjunction with people saying that this is okay. a prequel to it.
0: Yeah, I have, had never heard of Pocket Mirror before. I don't know how it slipped under my radar. Um, but this is apparently the prequel to that game. Obviously, I haven't played it. It is an adventure. Let's see how I can describe this. It is an adventure RPG lesbian life simulation set in an extremely religious hamlet. Mm-mm. Piece all that together. <laughs> okay, I do remember.
1: Actually, no. You what's what's it a prequel to? Um, Pocket Mirror. We've talked about that before. Have we? Because that description rings a I remember you talking about that in the old studio, like in the, in the, where we were, when we were in the insurance or the real estate company. Okay. We, you definitely mentioned that at some point. Interesting. I remember that. I don't remember it at all. I do remember. Now that you say that, I remember it. Interesting. Um, well... I, it I, wasn't like a topic or anything, yeah. but you brought it up at some point. Okay, or some it it came up.
0: Well, as I said, this is an adventure RPG lesbian life sim survival game. Um, you play as a girl named Elise. Um, as the game starts, you're an infant, and this old woman finds you because you're I guess your parents had died or they had left you or whatever. And this old woman finds you in the woods and takes you home and raises you. Um, but eventually, the old woman dies. And leaves Elise on her own. And from that point forward, she lives a tough life. Um, she does hard labor. She's like a maid for all the people in the town. She's basically miserable. She's poor. She can't make ends meet. She doesn't have a mon- enough money for food. Um, and she's like, there's got to be a better way. And so she dreams of having a better life filled with money, basically. Um, and so she embarks... Basically what happens is she... A girl shows up at her door or she comes home and finds that someone has ransacked her place. She goes out to her shed out back and she finds this girl hiding out there. Love interest number one. The girl is like, I don't know how I ended up here. Like, I don't know where I am. So you bring her in and you let her stay in your house and you make her your maid, basically. Well, as time goes on, you start to realize that there's something special about this girl. She's not just some maid or some person that you found. And she has known about you and the town for a long time and was subconsciously drawn to the town. And that's kind of what sets everything into motion once she's living with you you go out into the yard and you find this pair of red shoes in a box you're basically you're trying to get your garden going and instead you dig up this box that has red shoes in it um and the shoes start talking to you and this girl that you just met starts filling you in and basically what you have to do is you make a deal with this god for fortune and you have to go into the woods and and find three gifts to give it to the god, and he will grant your wish of making you rich forever. And that's sort of the objective of the game. Elise ventures into the eerie woodlands, and where and there she has to like endure these trials, where you explore areas and complete a bunch of simple puzzles while you avoid enemies. There's really no combat in this game at all. Um, and even the RPG part of it is pretty light. Like You don't necessarily level up, per se. It's really more of a survival game and a time management sim. I guess is the oh. best way I could describe it. Um, a big part of the plot, too, is that, as I said, the hamlet that you live in is really religious. And they think that you either you are a witch or the girl who just showed up to your house is a witch. And a big part of the game and the plot is trying to guide the villagers away from thinking that you're a witch because they'll burn you at the stake. Like, this is kind of where you're living. But also, it's a romance sim, And you have three potential targets in town that you date up and they're all girls. There's no um, heterosexual hookups in this at all. It's all girls with girls in this game. And you go on dates with the girls and a big part of the game is managing your time. There's a clock that turns, there's like four different time periods in each day. So you have basically Four slots in each day to do what you want to do. If you go on a date with any of the girls, that takes one of the slots. If you try to accomplish a mission, that takes one of the slots. So a big part of the game is like figuring out what you want to accomplish. Okay, I want to romance this girl and make this girl my girlfriend or whatever. But I also need to move the plot forward and make sure I'm getting those gifts to deliver to the gods so that I can become rich forever. And... Juggling all that stuff is where the challenge in the game comes into play, basically. Is making sure you can get stuff done at first, it's not a big deal, but as you get further into the game, like the survival stuff really starts to rear its head after a while. You have to manage matches, meaning like matches that you light your lantern with, your sanity, and your hunger. Um, the hunger. The only way that you can satisfy your hunger is to get money. That's the only way. Every once in a while, a character will give you like a loaf of bread or whatever. But for the most part, to stay alive in this game, you have to constantly be completing things to get the money that you need to buy the bread. And eventually, it becomes a nightmare. Also, managing the matches becomes really hard after a while. I struggled to find places to get more matches. Eventually, over time, the, the crux of the game is survival and making sure that you're satisfying those three different needs that you have at all times. Um, There are plenty of side quests to distract you. There's an awesome map screen that shows you like the whole Hamlet and there's icons that'll show you like, hey, here's a side mission. Here's where you go for the main mission. Hey, you're already on a mission. Here's where you need to go to do that. Now, that's handy. However, one big complaint that I do have is that there's no fast travel in this and it does get annoying running through the same screens like over and over again. No matter how pretty those screens are, and I don't know if you've been watching this b-roll, Matt, but this game is gorgeous, man. Like that's yeah, nice. It is beautiful. Like the way the lighting in, from the trees falls on the character models, like the the shine and sheen on her hair. Uh, all the animation is just incredible. And as you start to play more in this game, I found myself just stopping and watching. Like, I get into a space, and there's just so much stuff going on. There's birds flying everywhere. There's people, like, doing stuff off on the side. I would just stop and just take in the scene. Like, I've never seen an art style that looks quite like this game. Like, they've done an amazing job. It is just gorgeous, pretty much, at all times. Um, But like I said earlier, like, you have to manage your your time. And if here's one. My biggest complaint about this game was, if you have one bad day, you're kind of screwed. Like, this doesn't have auto-save or, like, if you go to your saves, it doesn't have, like, 20 different saves to choose from. Like, you have to manually save at all times. And sometimes it's not convenient to get to the save point before something triggers and happens in the game and you're just screwed. Um, There are instant death moments in this game where you just die. Sometimes, like, if you answer something incorrectly, you just die. (sighs) And if you haven't saved, you lose all the progress. So the first thing I would say for anyone who's going to play this, Save. Constantly, I got burned a bunch of different times. So if you do lose health, then again, there isn't really combat in this game, but there are enemies and you can lose health through that. There, healing items for that are plentiful. You never have a problem like being able to heal yourself. The food is always the asset that's really hard to come by. Um, the only way you get the cash is by performing side tasks for villagers and basically, how those work are they're very simple mini games that you play. Like one of them you'll see in the B roll here is like Kaboom for the Atari 2600. Like you're basically just holding a big barrel and apples are falling from the sky and you're trying to catch the apples. It's all very simple stuff like that. And then you get, after you complete each of those mini games, you get graded and then you get money based upon that grade. And then you use that money to buy the bread. And so if you botch one of those or if you just mismanage your day and go on dates all day instead of saving money, It turns into, like, a snowball that's hard to get out of, where you're just always dying. You never have quite enough bread. You're completing one of those mini-games just in time before you pass out and die. It becomes a bit of a struggle. So, again, make sure you're saving constantly. Also, make sure that at every turn that you can, you have as much bread as you can. Because that really is the hardest part of the game, is making sure you have enough bread. Um, As far as the love interests are concerned, you go on dates... You have to make time for each one. It can be a challenge. Each girl takes six total dates to romance her for good, meaning that she's your girlfriend. Each time you take them on a date, you are in a gem. Um, the, the writing and the voice acting in this is amazing. Just across the board, incredible. Particularly the dates. Because the dates are where... They ponder the, the idea that they're gay, but they live in this crazy, religious, conservative area. And if they're found out, they could be killed. Or if they think that they're witches, they could be burned at the stake. There's high stakes, I guess. Uh, I see. There's the uh, witch suspicion tracker. Yeah. So. Right. Yeah. They're, they're trying to figure <laughs> out. Exactly. And that, the game does track it for you to let you know if the Hamlet thinks that you are, in fact, a witch. And you can go and control conversations with the villagers to shape how they feel about you. So if they start suspecting that you're a witch, seek them out, and then the the conversation trees will give you multiple options. You can choose the options that will lead them away from thinking that you're a witch that they need to burn at the stake, basically.
1: I assume if you choose the wrong
0: options there, that's how you die instantly. Yep, And then you have to go back to your Mm -hmm. last save or whatever. Uh, There's other conversations, too, where you die instantly that aren't related to whether you're a witch or not as well. Uh, But like I said, there's just tons of cool little animations going on everywhere, like it's in 2d so simple stuff like a character swinging on a swing like that's hard to animate in 2d but there's stuff like that all over this game um and again i just love the look of the game the charm how they handle the lighting with the 2d graphics it's just awesome um one thing i will say though is that like when you get in conversations there's like multiple art styles that they start sampling they start piling in as you do the conversation like It's weird. It it feels like there's not a unified art style across the game. Like, one of the stills will be in one art style. And then they'll show a still of the two characters together, and it's a completely different art style. And then they'll cut very quickly to, like, this real-time cutscene that's working in the engine. And it, it can be, like, hard to follow. And there was a couple times where... I was afraid I had accidentally hit the forward button because it gets jumpy. Like it starts cutting between the different art styles and the cinematics and it feels a little abrupt and weird at times, but that's just the game. So don't suspect anything is weird like I did. That's just the way that the game is. The music is amazing. I was humming the songs from this game, like after I played it for the first time, like the overworld theme, like I already have it embedded in my head. Um, I can repeat it verbatim already or hum it verbatim. Um, As I said... The save points are sparing. Save anytime you can. Save as often as you can. There's no uh, detriment to doing that, and it will save your butt from having to replay a lot of sections of the game. And then, Matt, you know I hate musicals, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I've said that many times on Game Face. But there are musical numbers in this game that I loved. They were just crazy and hilarious and weird. They didn't last that long. Like when you first get the red shoes, she does this crazy like dance number in front of the villagers. And the villagers are like, that's the first time they suspect she's a witch. (laughs) Because they're like, whoa, like what is that? Like you're singing about shoes and like you can't do that in this town or whatever. It's. I've never played a game like this, honestly. Sounds like Rhapsody. It really is insane, dude. Like, I have never... Might be... I wonder if it's the same people. Look at her hair when she runs. Isn't It's amazing. Like, the art in this is just incredible, and the animation is just awesome. And the little leaves flowing in front of the camera, and the lighting from the trees. Like, just a gorgeous, gorgeous game. Um... But it also, as someone who likes interactivity, it is very light on gameplay. It doesn't have a lot. So I think for people like that, you may not like it. But I did. Like, I enjoyed the crap out of this game. It caught me by surprise out of nowhere. I really enjoyed Little Goody Two Shoes. It is available, as you can see, in the lower third for pretty much everything. The game costs $20, huh. which is a great. That's like the perfect... Like, I haven't finished this yet. I've already played it for like eight hours or so already I've got my $20 worth. Easily. So I highly recommend this game. I loved it. And I know you're probably looking at this like, this doesn't look like the game that Shane usually likes. Exactly. That should... T- and here's what I'm talking about with the different art styles. Like how they jump back and forth from these stills and like then the mm-hmm. talking animation. Like it just gets weird and like jambled up. And then it'll cut to a cut scene really quickly. It's just a little awkward at that's times. A, that's a pretty standard anime. It is. Thing. Yeah. And there's a name for this style of anime, the glass-eyed anime. It's called Toro or Tope? Something like that. Um, it's from the early 90s. It's like called Toro style or Tono style or something? Where the girls all look like their eyes are watering it all the, to- all the time? I mean, sometimes it's called Moe. Moe? Uh, yeah. Although that's usually more fetishized. Here you're seeing the time um, of the day change. So every time you complete something big, it cuts to this scene and it shows the time turning to one of the other segments of the day. Here I'm about to die. So that filter that they put over shows you, and I think I'm gonna about to die from like sanity. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. You're about to starve to death during a date. I still haven't f fi- I think I am. I still haven't figured out how to lower sanity. I don't know what you do to lower it. It seems like certain people you talk to lowers your sanity. I have not figured it out. But I haven't I think I only died from sanity like once or whatever. So anyway, there you go. That's little goodie two shoes. It's available for everything. It costs $20, and I recommend it to pretty much Anyone, I mean, you can watch this B-roll and figure out whether you're just organically attracted to games like this or not. And if you are, buy this game; you will absolutely love it. I had a ton of fun with the game. What do you think of it, Matt?
1: I mean, it looks cool. Um, I do like the visual a lot. Uh, I just didn't get around to it just because I didn't. I didn't really pay much attention to it. I saw it being mentioned by things. I think it came up in. Um uh, it's it was in the Game Awards nominees, I think. under, oh, under art direction, or maybe oh, okay. it was asking for people to vote for it for art direction and the player choice. I can't remember. Um, but it has popped? It popped up on Steam, I think, on the recommendations. I just didn't pay much attention to it. I think you'll like it. Um, it's it's. I get to a point, especially on Steam, where I'm just like, is there anime? Okay, <laughs> I'm just sort of I just, assume, <laughs> I just filter it I, out. I just assume it's porn and let it go. Yeah, you know? like yeah. But uh, everyone, I mean, it looks. To me, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Rhapsody. Uh, On the PS1, Mm -hmm. which was a musical. Um, Yeah, also a musical. Yeah, uh, which I guess there's a collection of those that came out recently on the PS5. Yeah. Uh, But like... Uh, I don't know if there's going to be anything in this as catchy as We Are the Most Amazing Pirates. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> I remember that one.
0: <laughs> uh, but anyway, we, we like to use our last segment on Game Face every week to try to turn you on onto some smaller games that may fly under your radar. And that's what we're doing with uh, Little Goody Two Shoes. Yeah. This is actually, well, maybe it's not indie because it is published by Square. Square Enix, yep. I don't know.
1: Depends where you, where that came from. Yeah. I saw Jeff say that the reason Dave the Diver is nominated is because basically he said indie is a vibe, not a Basically not a what we talked about. Which is, yeah, but then you should call it best indie game, not best independent game. That's a good Because those two, those two words mean two different... Th- uh, indie, like I said, you could get the cover of it's a vibe thing Mm -hmm. independent is not what people say when they describe a game like that they don't say oh that's a great looking independent game they say indie game so go with the slang don't say the full word because the full word means things Yep.
0: all right we're almost done but before we go here's our word from our sponsor soundwizardry.com experience the realm of extraordinary audio with sound wizardry with a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breadth of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Way 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com. And let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. That's right. For all your audio needs, go to soundwizardry.com. Anything you work on that's audio-related, they can help it. They can fix it. They can make it better. They can make it awesome. They have done it for us. They can do it for you. They have done it for some of the biggest video game releases of 2020. Twenty three. Always good to see people in our community thriving and succeeding. And that is exactly what's happening at soundwizardry.com. Um, and with that, we got to call it. We went way over today. I talked about um, little goody two-shoes way longer than I should have. <laughs> so much for my 10 minutes that I was going to spend talking about it. So I apologize. So we can't do any Q&A. We, can, we actually have not yeah. done name that game for like three episodes. Can't do any Q&A, can't drink, can't smoke. Yeah. <laughs> what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> goody too, goody two, mm-hmm. goody goody two shoes. Well, um, so so anyway. my head for the rest of the day. So that's. <laughs> well, listen, if you want to support us, the easy way to do it is at Patreon. Head to patreon.com slash sifted, S-I-F-T-D. You can pledge whatever you want there, and you get something for every dollar you pledge. Even for a dollar, you get access to our exclusive forums and the ability to create your own forums that other people can join. And the rewards just go up from there. $4 gets you all our content early, game phase four days early, Pactor Factor a week early. If you can't help us with that. You can always just go and review the show on whatever podcast service you're listening to. You can like, you can subscribe on YouTube, you can do all that stuff. You can leave a comment on YouTube. That helps with the algorithm. There's so many things you can do to help us and not all of them require money. And any of them that you do, we will thank you for them very, very much. Um, so thanks to everybody in the chat. I'm really sorry we didn't get to any Q&A today. Norx Nessie, thank you for Twitch Prime. I see you in there. Um, I really apologize that we didn't get to it. Next week, maybe, I did a poor job managing today's episode. That's all on me, Um, so I'll take the hit for that one. Uh, But thanks to our chat. As always, you guys fact check us and dig up factoids that we need while we're doing the show. You guys are awesome. We appreciate it. All the Twitch Prime you guys gave us today, again, appreciate that. You guys are awesome. Um, We'll be back next week, and we'll have two big games in next week's episode. We'll have Avatar which I think I'm getting code for that today from Ubisoft, and then we'll also have uh, Dragon Quest Monsters, uh, which is coming exclusively to Switch. Uh, I think I get code for that maybe tomorrow or something. So anyway, we'll have two big games in next week's episode. We can't wait to see you then. Have yourselves a great week. Game Face is up and out!